following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Corolla Classics is brought to you by LifeLock. If you're among the majority who use the same password on multiple accounts, credential stuffing is a cyber attack you should understand. Credential stuffing is when cyber criminals get your username and password off the dark web, try to gain access to your accounts, and steal your private information. So it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet, and in an instant, a cyber criminal could harm what's yours your finances, your credit, your reputation. You don't want them to steal that. So good thing there's a LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they'll send you an alert. You got to check it out. It's LifeLock. Tell them, Geo. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours. LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code ADAM. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use promo code ADAM for 25% off. Hello and welcome to Corolla Classics for Sunday, December 12th, 2021. The show where we play highlights of the Adam Corolla Show. You know how it goes. My name is Chris Loxamana. I'm the executive producer of the Adam Corolla Show. And with me, as always, Corolla archivist, super fan Giovanni. The man in charge of keeping uh, gay walking out of the show. What's that How about, Chris? How dare you? I would love to get gay walking back. We just have to find someone who is willing to do it. Uh, all right, let's go to our first clip. I'm really excited about this first clip. Um, this is a request from Richard Heller, and he wrote, Huge fan. I've listened to every episode of Corolla Classics. Thanks, Richard. He, he says, I listen to many of the regular feed, but sometimes can't keep up. But Corolla Classics is a must listen. And he has a segment request. He says there's a segment with Jenna and Bodie Elfman, where she says she would give Bodie a hall pass for a cheerleader. It was a classic segment, and it would be a great addition to Corolla Classics. Thanks, Richard. Well, Richard, I agree. I love Jenna and Bodie. They are, uh, it's it's couples goals when you, when you think of them. They're, they're so cool. Uh, it's it's cool like you, just getting Jenna alone would be awesome but then when Bodie joins in that their dynamic it really just adds so much to the show Adam Cruel show 1821 Jenna Elfman Bodie Elfman both very dreamy mm. uh, Gina Grad and Brian Bishop May of 2016 uh, I'm hopefully an adult cheerleader like from an NFL team let's check it out in the spirit of Murrow Cronkite Brokaw. Here's another great moment in local news. All right, Cole Higgins is 14, Alyssa Layton is 16, Ryan Hogan is 36, Austin Halleck is 12, Billy Sloan is 58, Lori Valente is 45, Marilyn Camarco, Camarco is 60, Marilyn Happy 60th, Barbara Calkins is 76, and Harry Seward is 72. That's a great moment in local news. Now, back to the Adam Carolla Show. Quick, uh, I might need it up. There we go. Explanation for our guests. I've decided that uh, Harry Seward is the uh, my new page name. So if you're at the airport, <laughs> um, Harry Seward is it. Is that also it. what you check in hotels under? You want to know what? Way back in the day, I used to check in to hotels under the name Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> 
because nobody knew who Jimmy Kimmel was, and I was on MTV. Right. And I knew we'd get hassled if me and Dr. Drew were playing West Virginia, and there was only one hotel yeah. at the college right. campus. So I would just go with Jimmy Kimmel, because he was Jimmy the sports guy on K-Rock, yeah. and no one in West Virginia knew who he was. Jenna Elfman, Bodie Elfman, here, uh, their podcast, Kicking and Screaming, and uh, it's once a week. It's on iTunes. It's also filmed as well, and it's about marriage and life, and you guys should know, so you, you met in 91? Yeah, we've been together 26 26 years now. Years. It, it doesn't feel like a day over 50. And you met at an audition? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were at an audition because we did commercials, and um, and I was standing there, you know, because I was had a lot of attitude. I was very sassy. Mm-hmm. And um, I was standing there, like, bored with it all, thinking I was way too cool. And he walks up, all eager beaver and very communicative, Mm-hmm. Just a sexy Jew, Adam. I was just a sexy Jew in my prime. Speaking of Jew, that's a lot of chutzpah walking up to a tall glass of goyim, uh, especially or possibly especially with his face made for radio. Well, Jenna Elfman's a, like a strikingly beautiful dude, creature. Right? Yeah, I'm not even going to give you a definition. Right. I'm, I'm sticking with my Caitlyn Jenner right. gag choose, here, but I just mean you to be. you're a good example of a human being. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So well, walk- he came up. He walks up and he goes. You look exactly like my girlfriend. Do you have a picture so I can show her? Wow. And I was going out with a guy at the time that had just gotten out of the state penitentiary. I was 19. He was 31. Mm, And it's really super awesome, dude. Whoa. (laughs) I'm so glad I have no sexually transmitted diseases because I never used contraception with him of any kind. That's, that's I, not what his but question that's not was. what I was saying. That wasn't his question. <laughs> no, he came up and then he ended up. We did the audition together, and it was you know remember like I like the way you make me laugh, boo doo doo doo. Like sprite. I like the it's funny things commercial. you do. Yeah. yeah. So he we went into the audition room and we we're supposed to like tell some joke, and his joke was so stupid. It wasn't a stupid joke. It was an amazing joke. It was so dumb. Was not that I had joke. anything better, Let's but I was a very. Do we, do we remember, do you remember what it was? Something about a Give bear. A Give me a minute. Keep talking. I'll think. Was about it that. the bear in the woods? No, one? It was oh. the bear in the woods. Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> so you went in. Don't cheapen the experience. And anyway, I just remember being completely. Oddly fascinated by him and repulsed at the same time. Wow. That's not ambivalent. <laughs> no, a little repulsion <laughs> is passionately good. Passionately ambivalent. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It was like passionately repulsed and annoyed and passionately fascinated. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up walking me to my car and I had parked in some random person's spot in their carport, which he gave me shit about the entire time. Mm-hmm. Got my headshot, and then he took it home to his roommate. I, uh, I took the headshot home to my roommate, and I said, this is the girl I'm going to marry. And he said, who is it? And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to marry this girl. Something clicked in me, like some sort of inner <laughs> something or another. And I just was like, that's happening right now. And he, and he said, well, how are you going to see her again? I said, I don't know. But then did he... And then we both ended up getting <laughs> he the didn't, commercial. He didn't point at the huge pile of headshots where you made the same <laughs> proclamation. <laughs> <laughs> on an almost daily basis, you know they were just gathering dust in no, the corner. No, those were found in the nudie magazines, the same proclamations. You know what's weird? I did look identical to her. The like, girlfriend. I actually did. He did have a girlfriend. She was young. I was 19 she at the time, and she was like 18. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I did look just like her. But, I mean, she didn't have my sass. Nobody, nobody has. Visually, nobody has did. your no, sass. And Adam, I'm going to call BS on the story because she wasn't repulsed. I could see it in her eyes. There was something where she went... This little scrawny, high-pitched Jewish guy that, for some reason, is 10 degrees below my level is affecting me in a way I don't understand. 
That's yeah. true. That was the look in her eye. I could see it. And not really 10 degrees, more like 10 points, because 10 degrees, well, you know, I that mean, can go from 80 to 90, yeah. but yeah. yeah, let's make it notches. Yeah, this is torrential algebra. Like, Out of five notches. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then Bodie took her headshot and embarked on his own 6, 12, 18, 24 yeah. hour challenge. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how then, all right, so you both got the gig. We yeah. did. And it got rained out, so we had to spend seven days together in a trailer. You know where we just kept talking, oh, kept our parts kept getting rained out. That's awesome. So I, but I was done. Like for me, I was like, this, this is the one I'm going to marry. And that for some it. reason, I had another friend that was a guy that had a crush on me that I was kind of circling that also was out of the state penitentiary. I'm not sure what my fascination had, with criminals. She, is. There was chum in the water. There yeah. Was, yeah. There you need to find a better place to set up your lemonade stand. Because <laughs> no. those guys are just exiting. Yeah. They're thirsty and they're horny <laughs> yeah. and they, the state just gave them $40 I and they time. Yeah. I aimed Jenna please. walking around the state pen in a bathing suit probably didn't help. <laughs> also, so, the problem is... Jenna, where do you come from? What, what town? I'm born and raised here in L.A. Oh, wow. from the Valley. Oh, just boy. like you! Wow, and you and and what part of the valley? Um, Northridge, which actually I really technically was Sepulveda mm-hmm. when it was a city, right? But we were on the western edge of Sepulveda, right next to Northridge. Like as you go close to oh Balboa, my God. Jen and her fuck geographic. Sorry. So no, did you go? He, he I'm interested. I'm, I'm from we, North Hollywood. I know, so. and my there's a bunch of like the white people mm-hmm. that didn't want to be associated with the Elvera Street of the 70s That's and right. 80s, and that area was called Sepulveda, and so they moved it over several blocks. They moved Northridge East a bit, yeah, and we got out of Sepulveda and became Northridge. We used to live in North Hollywood, and then Elvera Street moved in, and now we call it Valley Village. <laughs> right. So That's more hipstery. That's that's what yeah. they do. They just give it another name to yeah, see if they yeah. keep the real estate prices up. So you grow up, your parents do what? Um, well, they're 81 now. But back, uh, back in the day. <laughs> but my dad worked at Hughes Aircraft Company. Which was as, out there. Yeah, it was. well, it was out in El Segundo. Oh, that? Yeah, oh, he yeah. did the drive the every military day. Secure, like the high-end military area. No. Like, yeah. No one knew. I was no thinking one could of in the office. Rockwell or Aerodyne. Or there's a whole bunch of Valley had a whole yeah. bunch of industries. Yeah, there was up. Marcourt, which was right by the Van Nuys Airport, and right. he started off there when they first got married, and then he moved to Harris. Yeah, he was, okay, he was aircraft. He wrote security policy for who could know what in the building of the government contracts for Hughes. He's wow. the decider. So it was like, you're going to build these parts, you're going to build these parts, so he wrote... The, I could never look in his like briefcase. But he knew he about top like, secret cool military clearance. stuff. Like he'd be like, "That's an F fourteen in the missile range from air to ground." He would know like interesting. He'd be watching things. the Gulf War, and he's like, "Oh, this is an interesting one." Yeah, <laughs> he would know little stats. Yeah, so it was like uh, I had a stepdad who worked for Lockheed, and he worked in the Skunk Works, and yeah. that was the same thing. Yeah, it's just the these sort of super secret whatever they little, world. They knew little yeah. things. And so, my mom was a you know uh, uh, took care of the kids and was a homemaker, and then you know occasionally worked odd jobs and or worked at the ballet. So studio. you grow up as normal probably as you can be she was yeah. a bunhead ballet and, and yeah. then and and you start getting into act, you look in the mirror at some I was point a ballet you know, dancer I be an my whole life i just right. wanted to entertain and the ballet dancing was good training and good discipline and um and then i had an injury that just was like okay a ballet career going up on point with this ankle is not gonna be real mm-hmm. and so i started dancing for tv and film because it wasn't it was more jazz dancing and not so much point to- being on my toes and then that led into dancing on the Academy Awards, meeting him at a Sprite commercial, and then I want to act. And he's like, "All right, I, I'm like, do you study anywhere? Yeah, study with you. Okay, I'll study with you." I took her under my wing, Adam, and, and I showed her business. 
Bodie, I you showed it to her. You had an act, so you you and he's had from some LA training too. He's he's wow. Hollywood native, like like by the Cinerama Dome, like. Wow, real Hollywood, yeah. Did you go to Hollywood High? I was thrown out of public school before high school came my way. Uh, I was a Hollywood... Like, twice? <laughs> what people don't realize is L.A. or Hollywood, it's cool now, but it used to be... It used to not be such a cool I can, place. I can hear your counselor now. Uh, yeah. Bodie, we've talked to you about banging chicks way out of your league. Uh, <laughs> Marilyn over there, she's smoking hot. Tell, All tell the seniors it. are after her. And these are guys it. on the football team. You play the saxophone. <laughs> Uh, Glockenspiel, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> That's right. We've discussed about dating sort of within your own ranks. Uh, and uh, yeah. I've, again, I had aspirations. brought it up again. Her parents are outraged. She will be mine. She will be mine. The Elfman's, well, I actually am a Hollywood kid. My dad started uh, Oingo Boingo originally, the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, which was a theater oh, troupe. Oh, my God. So I go back. That's as inside way, as, it, as it gets. Way old of being a K-Rock kid because I grew up because matter of fact one of the poor man used to be a DJ mm-hmm. at K-Rock and was in Oingo Boingo so I kind of have known about Adam for a long time the, the, what, what people don't know is yeah they were the mystic knights of the That's, Oingo Boingo that was my Boingo. dad's oh my they'd God. like they were performance artists on flatbed trucks you know going through Santa Barbara and Europe, France and in my, the early 70s my dad left it to his brother Danny and Danny took it over and kind of turned it into a new wave band and then got into composition through my father's films oh so fa- that's that's your your uncle's danny elfman that's right yeah uh, i know this and elfman is my married name obviously. i think you knew that everyone thinks i I'm married into the elf i married took the damn name <laughs> <laughs> now I, I knew a a girl named uh, danielle chaikin and her mm-hmm. her mom i can't remember her mom the chaikins were i remember them telling they were into music and they they scored for movies and stuff like that. And I remember her and he telling me about the Mystic Knights of that. the Order of the Oingo Boingo, something like in like <laughs> yes. 1981 or 80 or something Te- technically, like that. Technically, dude, like 68 or 69, like they were a theater troupe that traveled all through Europe and America. And then in the in the late 70s, my dad got into filmmaking, turned the band over to Danny. Danny got into alternative music and new wave. Yeah. And then Danny got into making compositions or films through Tim Burton, mm-hmm. the first films that had Tim had done, which was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So that was how that started. I saw Oingo Boingo at the Reseda Country Club uh, in like 1982 or something, uh, <laughs> yeah. 83. Yeah, it was probably there. Wow. So, is there still a country club in Reseda? Well, it, there was a... There or is was, it the Odyssey Restaurant now? It was a... <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Uh, it, when Jimmy... Place. When I met Jimmy Kimmel, the Bleda in Reseda was the boxing match that he had with Michael the Maintenance Man, and that was at the Reseda country club as yeah. well and i also think featured and i'm looking at brian in the movie boogie nights okay. i think that's, that's right. the oh, valley that's right club. that's exactly what that was that that oh, yeah. that was the country club in Reseda. Huh. oh man this is a lot of uh I, you know it's funny because i always used to say to dr drew you and i are the only two people in show business from here because mm-hmm. he's right. from Pasadena, I'm from right. North Hollywood, but now we've been trumped by the Elfmans, <laughs> and then you get into this family history, and it's absolutely unbelievable. So, the uh podcast, Kicking yeah. Screaming, um, is it a lot of um working out arguments, discussions, well, here, mis- here, miscommunications? Here's on the what air? happened originally, um, was that. Uh, when I w- hit my 40s, I kind of went through a midlife crisis. Well, I don't. I want to call it pre- pre-midlife because I don't want to die at 80, so I'm going <laughs> to say it's like pre-midlife. 
but I wanted to I wanted to sleep with a lot of cheerleaders and Jenna wasn't into it. Mm-hmm. And so weird. we started to I know it's so I know I'm the oddball weird wife. So rude. She had all these ru- weird uptight things I about I had just had like we just had our second kid and he started feeling so domesticated and like he couldn't go out at night because I needed him to help out with the fucking kids and I was tired. She has a trucker mouth. And he starts like feeling Oh, sorry. That's fine. Um and you can bleep it. Go ahead. And he he just started feeling like a trapped rat and uh he took me to a cafe. He's just the rat I always pick so rats <laughs> for any of his like bad non-becoming <laughs> qualities. I just pick rat as the uh-huh. analogy. Mm-hmm. Um but he took me to a cafe and he was very serious. He's like <laughs> Now wait, you've been together for how long 26, at this point? 26 Well, at that point it was 20. 24 23 years ago. 23 years. I mean, not 23 years ago. Yeah, it was 23 years ago. You've been together for 23 years. Yeah. You have your second child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he took you to a cafe. Yeah, and he's like, I'm having a hard time. And I just feel like I need to fuck a cheerleader. <laughs> this, is real, this is a real oh story. Oh my God, I said it again. I'm That's sorry. I'm going to say it 10 more times. Your That's bravada right. is amazing, Bodhi. She- <laughs> and... <laughs> And we were drinking, you know, our little cappuccino. I, I really felt like I, I had been with my hot, gorgeous wife for 23 years, and I was starting to get a hankering for, like, UC Santa Barbara cheerleaders. I don't know what was in me. And I felt, she's my, Jenna's my best friend. I can tell her anything. So I was like, you know what, honey? I want an F a cheerleader. Way to open it. I want to. Way to open that dialogue. Yeah. Would that yeah. work out if you and Lynette had that conversation? Uh, Jenna Elfman's my best friend. Huh? <laughs> no, I want to. No, I'm, yeah. I'm tired of banging you. Yeah. Oh, actually, I can bang Jenna because I talked yeah, to Bodie. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. No, forget. You know what? Let's check. Let's just. Uh, well, no, I'll just drive five. We got IC. I'll just drive five. Let's go. You know what? Forget this ever happened. Yeah. Well, I thought about it, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought. He's never cheated on me, ever, mm-hmm. and I've never cheated on him, though I've sucked every moment of kissing actors. I've sucked oh, it for all it's yeah. worth. I was going to go a different way. Sure. Sure. Just I've sucked yeah. every <laughs> moment for mm-hmm. what it's worth. Um, and I thought, I, I, and I had a moment of going like, okay, golden rule. Like, if this was me, or I was having a similar dilemma, how would I want to be treated? And I thought, because I trust him, because he's earned my trust, I thought, I, I get it. I actually get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. I just took another bite of my eggs, finished chewing. And then I said, <laughs> okay, go. Wow. And I didn't do it spitefully or with like female strings of revenge. Mm-hmm. I just said, go. I said, but two rules. Because here's here was my logic on it. He was acting like such a caged animal and was so annoying to be around. Yeah. I thought I need to just set him free because mm-hmm. he, something needs to come. Something needs to alter the the balance of the, the bird suspension. must fly. Yeah. The bird must fly. And right. I said, okay, go. But two rules: wear a condom mm-hmm. and come back. Mm-hmm. I said, but do what, what you need kids. to do. Uh, go do what uh, you need what about, to do, and don't tell me about it. Or no, that- I'm dying to hear about it. <laughs> Oh, oh I really? I'd have to hear all about it. You'd have it. to hear about it. Yeah, because it's fascinating. Right. Like, I want to know who actually... <laughs> <laughs> Son of, can you believe this? Well, I, I you know, I, at, the, at the top of the podcast, I would argue that you're going to circle the block aimlessly, and then you're going to come back to the nest. But, but we've learned 
that uh, Bodie's got a pretty good track record. Charming mofo. The other side of that coin is it's on you or the guy, whoever the guy is in this case, to actually be able to do this thing. That's one thing yeah. to want to do. It's your well, right. yeah, to think to be that able to do it. To so get a cheerleader such to a big step from it. thinking about that all the cheerleaders are going to be lined up to actually <laughs> like what happens with a with right. a, with a, a forty year old Jew. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to explain how this conversation works with nineteen year old cheerleader. <laughs> Have you heard of Oingo Boingo and or Dharma and Greg? I don't know what language you're speaking, but I'm just going to say no. Really? Ever seen The Simpsons? Uh, my, my older brother Then you've it. heard oh, yeah, okay. uh, my uncle. Okay. You ever seen syndicated TV? Uh, I don't know That's what... my old lady. Oh, okay. So if my dick's good enough uh, for those two. I guess, I guess it's got to happen yeah. now. Oh, my God. Why don't you put down those pom-poms and grab some knee pads? <laughs> I guess that's the way it's going to go. Oh, in my head, that was exactly how it was going to go. Yeah. Down. Well, However, that would be my opening remark. You have to actually ask him what ended up yeah, happening. Yeah, I want to know what, I'll tell you what, let me tease it. First, I gotta, okay. I'm running behind here. Okay. True car, baby. Oh, you can help. Uh, <laughs> you get yourself a new car, a used car. They have over 500,000 pre-owned vehicles. True car certified dealers nationwide, whether you're looking new, you're looking used, whatever you like. Find out the exact price everyone else is paying. Do it in your neighborhood. Find out exactly what the model, the make, and everything is. And then go in, get the certificate, go into the dealer, and get your car. It's already locked in. True Car Savers, uh, I should say users save an uh, average of uh, 3279 bucks off of uh, MSRP. So, buy new or buy used, truecar.com. You can download the app if you like as well. It's all free. Truecar.com. Download the app. Uh, quick digression here. You guys are both Scientologists, right? Yeah. What does that... Is there any tenets in the Scientology religion that says, uh, no, you, you cannot bangeth your neighbor. You can covet the, the oxen of, of your wife's, uh, but you can't bang the cheerleaders. No, is there any part... No, no. There's uh, nothing. No, ethics are personal. Mm-hmm. Sort of your own choice of how it's you your own it. choice. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's yeah. he said you know it's just ethics are personal. So I get, I get it, but is there part where it's like oh well, we need to go in and get like an adjustment or an evaluation or do something because this seems like it's flying in the face. Of- I mean, any person can work on anything they want to work on. Right. Sort of, it's it's not a faith. Right, or a, so you're working it, on cheerleaders. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. I get it. No, so, I mean it's a personal thing. You know? All right. But so what? What happened? What, so, what went so, so I granted permission of freedom of mm-hmm. thought and whatever. Okay, so tell them what you did, hun. But Jenna, what? Go ahead. Very quickly, is it possible to be so uh, balanced? And um, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess the world is like self-actualized that you can literally grant that permission without. With, with, without harboring resentment as you guys drive back to the house. I, I, I have had to tell you about three, But if we had been together for three years, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, that would have never come out of my mouth. Right. But we've been through everything. Like, we we have all these years under our belt. You know what I mean? So, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I just, I didn't You really have, truly and, I, felt that way. I truly felt that he, what I felt was he needed to be permitted that to mm-hmm. unhinge this feeling of feeling trapped and mm-hmm. domesticated. Well, to be fair, I mean, when we're sitting there, and and I used to talk to Dr. Drew a lot about this, and we still do. But you know, relationships are sort of steered toward the woman's sensibility mm. in the sense that yes. 
Guys are We're the bullies in the relationship. They're stronger and more powerful than us, and they they dictate the rules of the marriage or relationship. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll put it to you. I'll just put it to you this way: um, all the rules of a good relationship, which is, hey, he's very dedicated. He's very much the family man. He doesn't go out with his friends on Saturday night. He's not carousing about. It all goes against every stitch and every fiber in our body. 100%. And so, in a weird way, it's like saying, okay, Michael Jordan, you have to play baseball forever. Right. right. And we're like, right. we don't really want to play some hoop. And right. it's like, yeah. no, play baseball because it's the right thing to do. And it's like, well, right thing for you to do, but I'm good at basketball. Right. I want to get back into the game. And it's like, nope, do this for the rest of your life, or society will judge. Right. And in a, in a weird way, it's like... We're biologically different. Totally. This is what guys want to do. This is what women want to do. And we now have set the ground rules where unless you hang out and nest and start growing ovaries, you're an... A despicable yeah, it's individual. Like demanding men. It's he's like, really t- educated me on that. Like that's why I think I was able to do that is because he's really actually educated me on men are different than women mm. and don't try to turn him into a vagina. Buddy, so at this do, you, point- do, you, do you have a pamphlet? I didn't educate him. I'll just leave it on the coffee table. Oh, that old thing. Oh, I just dropped it off. I don't know. I, I don't educate. I just, you know, men are men and, and I the idea that like one, that a guy should forever never ever think about or Look at, look or at, it's, fantasize about. It just puts a guy in a position where he's just unreal. committing transgressions continuously because you kind of right. trap it. So uh, what was your journey? All right. Well, it wasn't a very long journey. What happened was I first I thought of all the hot girls that I was going to bang. And I started to list them out of my head. I was like, okay, so there's that one, that one. Like I was like, okay, this is going to be amazing. So that was the first thought. That lasted about an hour where you like listen out in your head. And it's, it was an amazing hour. I, His face lit up. Because I, I saw him I start freedom, to go right? through the Rolodex of like, oh, finally I can like reach oh, out yeah. to her. Oh, yeah. Like right. I was like, oh, this is going to be epic. I'm now, gonna, these are people you've known, you have relationships, you've like, had friend relationships, business <laughs> relationships with. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. It, it was, giggles. You know, <laughs> past nannies that he's, uh, oh, you know. Oh, the mm-hmm. fucking, well, listen. Yeah. Adam, Jenna only wants to hire the hottest nannies in the world. They only. all just ha- it's a coincidence. She she wow. only likes super hot nannies for some reason. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. That's another story. I like looking at cute girls too. That... That's another story. So let me tell you what happened. Okay. All right. So I thought of I went through the list of all the girls and then I and then it was sort of a simple thing. I went, you know, it all sounds really good and it would be awesome, but the thing is is that we got these two boys I dig the hell out of these two boys. I really, really dig the kids. And I don't want them to grow up. Well, I don't want to grow up with a secret from them. Like, I don't want to have secrets from my kids. And I also thought that kind of degrades Jenna. Like, she's the coolest chick I've ever met in my entire life. And that's going to make it look like it just makes her look less. Mm. So within two hours, I was like, I asked, screw the whole thing. I'm going to get a motorcycle and go to Yosemite. (laughs) And that's what you did. Well, I did. I got a motorcycle and went to Yosemite backpacking with buddies. And I was, it was a done deal for me. I, from that point on, I never really gave a crap about it. Was but I was willing for him to go do what he needed to do. Like, she, I had reconciled that for myself because I went, it doesn't count, you know? I just mm. went, he's feeling trapped. I have a responsibility in, like, shoving him into this, like, 
being jealous of him. Like he sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, he like wanted to like get out, go to a movie or something. And I was jealous because I was like at home with the kids. Yeah. And I didn't get to go to the movies and I didn't get to go fucking whatever, get a the, massage. Jen and, and Bodie, sorry, <laughs> but this could be all part of a diabolical plan, which is this whole I bought a motorcycle and went to Yosemite. Could be, <laughs> I got a Prius and went to Van Nuys and banged a bunch of sluts. It, like, but it, it would all, it would be a perfect. Yeah. See, it's it's a perfect thing because it has it has a sort of beginning, middle, and the end. Now, now she's convinced. Like, see, otherwise you'd be walking around thinking maybe he cheated on me, maybe he didn't cheat on. Me. If you didn't have the conversation, but the cafe conversation mm-hmm. with the gut check time, with yeah. the I looked into my son's eyes, and now I bought myself a Vespa, and I'm going to uh, <laughs> no, have triumph. Whatever. <laughs> the point is, is now now you're off the radar. Yeah, Jenna's not thinking about you out there sneaking around well, behind no, her no, back. But, no, no, it wasn't I behind never my back. It would I never be behind permission. her back. Yeah, but I'm saying that's just, it's 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 a diabolical it's a diabolical oh, plan to say once I got to Triumph and once I got my buddies and once we went to and I came back. It's as if now, now it's I'm all, not doing it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's smart. Well, if it was diabolical, I and wouldn't say you got permission. You got yeah, you, but you right. got permission. Like technically, right. You did get permission for your wife, but you chose to get the Triumph instead. Right. Interesting. I think about this one. Wow! <laughs> so it was a Bonville T100 limited edition. Yeah, specific. Yeah, smart. <laughs> Always neurotic. Always specific. See, there were the, the the specifics of the nannies was the redheaded nanny, and that translated to the Bonville T100 limited <laughs> no, edition. Uh, that was kind oh, of I orange, see. which yeah, was it's the an same orange, color yeah. as her hair. Yeah, yeah the Bonville's uh, orange mm-hmm. orange bike. That's right. I uh, I've had a nanny and and night nurses and and things. Uh, myself yeah, and have. <laughs> i have found myself in situations where it was just me and the nanny or the night nurse like laying on the day bed yes. together yeah, because the totally. kids totally. we're, we're watching a, a pixar movie and the kids like falling asleep on the floor yeah. and the wife's out of town yeah. and you're like Oh my God! If this is uh, Elam Nordigram or whoever Tiger <laughs> right. Woods married, right. who used to be a the, nanny, the nanny, like if that was that next to this that on the happen. bed with the thing, and well, the, it's the I perfect mean, storm. How, look, well, look how, how many celebrities? That, how can you invite that into your home, Jenna? Look how many celebrities are breaking up because the dumb dude slept with the nanny. Mm. Yeah, it's it like in the press every month now. A new dumb dude slept with the nanny. But when you're a 17, 18, or 19-year-old Tiger Woods ex-wife, and somebody brings that into the house, that member of the Swedish bikini team, mm-hmm. into the house to then live with the middle-aged, successful, testosterone-ridden guy, or, or laden guy, who's who's going, and then go out of town. How, yeah. how are these... I never oh. thought... I don't think well, I ever considered when I was hiring them, though, that they the were any it. competition to me. Well, here's they're the not. Truth they're, they're, we don't need. We don't need better. We need different. Right. 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 But here's right. the truth: the ones that, <laughs> or we, just more of what you got. We'll take a lateral right? move. Don't you want though? Like, would it? Sat- sorry, honey. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Would it satisfy you though if you just got it more per week? Yeah. 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 I think. I think for okay, guys, right. we're wired for yeah. variety. I think oh, that's I that's the problem. What what we're really fighting uh, nature wise? Yeah, spread as many seeds as possible. We're humpers and gatherers. Yeah. The whole cave. We need to ha- pregnate yeah. the whole cave to build the hearth. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, we're, we're, that's right. Jenna, Jenna, what it turned out to be was the nannies we ended up keeping for long term were always really kind of great, really good personalities and very clean. There were a few nannies where I said, like, we met with them and where I said to Jenna, "You hire that nanny and I'll fuck her. I'll tell you right now." <laughs> 
I will fuck that nanny. <laughs> Don't hire that one. <laughs> and, and she wouldn't. Uh, so she was smart. Over Ms. Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go now to feed the meter? <laughs> I can see the pool man standing out front of the screen getting scared now. Oh my god. Oh, who's next? <laughs> he really will. This he will. is what we talk about on our podcast. Wow. We talk about everything. Wow. I hope everyone nature. comes to know that no, in twenty six years neither of us have never even held the hand of another person. Well wow. well so Bodie, here's the here's the question then for you. Yeah. Where does the personal momentum come from because i've always said that guys especially the guys who got all the girls like when i was in junior high and stuff really just did it on personal momentum it wasn't the, they weren't the tallest broadest shoulders or the best looking they just they just did it because they did it and and as that be, work then begat the next and the next and the next and it's just it's like a personal momentum which i always say is more important than any college degree. Yeah. It's more important than really anything that can be taught on any campus or anything. It, it's just for guys. Yeah. It's a personal momentum in terms in of career. Area of in life. every aspect totally. of life. Yeah, it's well said. Where, and if you could, if I could get a tablespoon of that and feed it to my son, I love it. Now, the thing about women is it helps, but if you are three and a half, it doesn't matter how much chutzpah and personal momentum you have, society won't respond mm. accordingly to it at the bar or at the uh, audition for Sprite or whatever it yeah. is. But a guy yeah. can personally momentum himself mm. right into the arms of a beautiful blonde or a great up. career yeah. or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And then there's other people that are constantly just dipped in a vat of doubt. Right. And it's like you're saying to him, you're smart, you're good looking. Like, why, right. did you, ah, why should I talk to her? She never talked to me. You know, I'm sure it's all some horrible pill our parents gave us at a young age. But where do you get it? And how can I create it, it so I can synthesize <laughs> it so I can feed Honestly, it to my just, daughter and son? I think I just love and admire women. I really dig women. Like, I dig them. I when dig I, I met him, he had a group of 13 women that he was friends with well okay like he loves women i just dig women but like loves them like not just for the sex aspect but like he's fascinated by women and he celebrates i like like property in malibu so (laughs) now what no but listen you you love cars a ton yes you love them so much that that drive forces you to do things that are probably dangerous that someone else would have self-doubt in, but because you love that so much, you're not thinking about that right. other stuff. No, I, I get, I mean, I get the sexual addiction, but what I'm saying is, is <laughs> it still it's doesn't, sex. it doesn't mean, you, I know, sex. it doesn't mean you yeah. get to land really tall, hot blondes. Like, there's there's a momentum. I can feel it. Yeah. You, you, you have a personal momentum. Yeah, and, and Jenna was attracted to it. Uh, I was attracted to it, but now, 40 minutes in, it's starting to wear off. No, what I'm saying is, is it's a great positive, it's the one, it's, it's the one attribute I wish my kids had, or you should wish for anyone that you want to be successful, the personal momentum. Yes. What kind of environment did you grow up in? Did people tell you you could Dude, do I what got... you wanted to do, or no. is it just the opposite, and you're rebelling against it like Madonna? I don't even know, dude, but I have one of the weirdest upbringings that's ever well, I'd existed. like to hear about that. I was raised by my lesbian mom. Uh-huh. Like, she, my dad Hippie. and her were a one-night stand. Uh-huh. She was always a lesbian, and, and his dad has a personal momentum with women. 
uh-huh. got her. I, you can bet a lesbian on a weekend. <laughs> you bet a lesbian and got her pregnant. They were both conga drummers and had that in common. And I think it was an art so, lust. You know, I kind of grew up just with powerful women. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. just powerful women. Uh huh. And so I grew up in a really strange environment, which was that I didn't. My mom didn't know. I didn't know a lot of straight adults. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, it was mainly like the gay community that I grew up in. In the heart of Hollywood in the, in of the Hollywood. early and, 70s. And your, yeah. your mom had a steady partner? Or My mom has work? had a steady partner for 40 years now. Wow. Yeah. So you know monogamy. Yes, I do know monogamy. But it's sort of a ver- bizarre version of it, well, at least back in the day. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, back in the day in Hollywood, it was like there was a lot of bigotry towards that lifestyle. Sure. And now, uh, uh, thank God, things are more people can grant more life to all the different varieties of life. But I grew up in an environment that had just bigotry continually thrown at me. And I guess I kind of made a decision early on to just do what I thought was right. Well, it's got to be weird when you're, you know, I got to go, sadly, I got to go to open house tonight and argue about Alvera Street with uh, the faculty over there. But, you know, this is in the 70s, whenever it is, if two mommies or two daddies yeah. show up that that's super weird for at the time for yes. everyone to class that, that well, when you're kids the, weren't when, allowed to spend the night at my house oh yeah um, like when you're in the fifth grade oh, yeah. and your other fifth grade friends and where yeah. they can make fun of you for anything the the two mommies thing is i oh, mean sure. what year were you in the fifth grade i mean approximately well, i'm 69 i'm I, i'm born in 69 that so. was probably right. like 78 maybe yeah, yeah, so yeah. The, nowhere near where we've been in the no, last we're 15 near acceptability minutes. On that at all. Right, and right. she was, you know, a really rebellious hippie artist. Uh oh. You know, so they would sleep with the door open on purpose. She would garden with no shirt on and oh, with boy. big giant boobies. Wow. I went over for lunch when I first met him. Like I had been going with him for a little bit and I went over to her house for lunch and she the entire afternoon together had no shirt on and big, no bra. Big Russian Big Russian Cha-cha. lesbian titties. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. That was on your mom. And we were mom. She, just she and I, and we were sitting having lunch. She's a rebel. No, she's mm. a total she could give a crap. rebel. Hmm. And she's hilarious, and she and I get on really well. Badass. Mm. And um, but she's a and she's a great artist, and she's has an amazing sense of humor. But she's edgy, and she we ran into one of his childhood friends recently uh, with her, and he was like, "I remember you used to garden topless." <laughs> Because yeah, it was the burning your bra, oh, you know. Boy. I was feminism. hoping uh, for a recommendation for a book, and now I got to get a f- big busty lesbian <laughs> Russian bra to walk around in front of my son all day. <laughs> Shit, Adam, I don't know if I recommend it. Helga, start gardening. Get out there, Atsenka. Uh, oh boy, this is a tough recipe to follow now. So now you grow up with this. Yeah. So you must. So that's a very bizarre childhood. Yeah, it's and, unusual, but it's probably not unusual for people in Hollywood. I mean, you know, in that scene, but in you're, Hollywood, you must take a lot of teasing at school, and yes. you must get a thick skin pretty fast, right? And that's you, right. You must learn to kind of how, how to sort of deal with people and how to fend them off and how to deal. I mean, you're I, you're not a big guy, right? So it's like you have to deal with comedy I, or words or I something. I learned how to get along with anyone, right? That was what it was, and I think that I learned how to get along with anyone, which made it to where women weren't threatening to me or intimidating to me. Mm. They were mm-hmm. they were something to engage playfully or have a good time with. Mm-hmm. So, and that's another great point is because maybe it was a lot of lesbian women. There was no Weird, like for me, it was just a lot of, it was just the engagement of the fun femininity. Like I just mm-hmm. dug women. So are you going off to college after this? No, I was, I was, I had, I was a street kid. Like I kind of just 
like you know, I got in trouble and then cleaned up my act. Right. So you basically are because your mom's sort of hippy dippy. I had I had the hippy dippy mom too. Yeah. yeah. And the hippy moms were sort of like. Hey man, if he doesn't want to go to school, he doesn't want to, you know. That's if right. he if he wants to uh, eat out of a dumpster, let him eat out of a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. If he wants to gamble See, with a homeless person, let him let him ride the homeless person. That's his, that's, 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 your that's mom. his life. That's you, his thing. You nailed it. So I rebelled by settling down really early. Like because right. Jen and I've been together for a long time since she was a teenager. So I ended up rebelling against so the whole thing. Does Scientology? Do you find Scientology literally walking the streets of Hollywood because my that's dad. where the big center is? No, my dad was has been a Scientologist since the late sixties. Oh, so your dad's in the picture? Like, yeah, that's like, he wasn't around much, but he but wasn't around as a kid, right? In to help out, you know, the weekend. No, no, like the like the birthday Christmas dad. He was that dad. Mm-hmm. But then at fourteen, I got into a lot of trouble, and he kind of was like, "All right, I guess I better like you know come Green. around." <laughs> yeah, and he kind of helped out, and then that was that. But you're not, see, a lot of kids would be, I'm going to rebel against you, old man, like whether you're into Scientology right. or you're born again Christian or right. w- w- you're Jew, whatever right. it is, sure. I'm, well, I'm not doing what you want me to do because uh, F you. He didn't push anything. He was like, hey, maybe this will help, whatever. And and I was kind of like, I kind of was tired of the Hollywood scene. It was a lot of, there was a lot of mean like there was a lot of a, a pretty angry element. Everyone was mean. The blacks were mad at the Mexicans. The Mexicans were mad at the gays. Like everyone was pissed off. Mm-hmm. And I kind of dug that in the Scientology vibe. It was a little more gracious. And that was it. It was like, all right, people were like treating each other with more respect. And I dug that because I was always kind of a nice guy. I've always thought like in terms of I'm an I'm an atheist, but uh, Brian, I think will back me up. I've never really made fun of or had an issue with Scientology just because everyone who seem to participate in it, seem to be pretty level, nice, and on time, and didn't seem to abuse drugs, and they didn't beat each other up, and yeah, whatever right. it is. But I feel that way about, I don't know, Hindus? I'm trying to Buddhists. think. Buddhists. Someone's trying to recruit me to be a Buddhist once, and I remember thinking, I don't think I'm going to be a very good Buddhist, but right. I do think it's a good idea to like sit down and be alone with your thoughts yeah. and think about what you'd like to achieve right. for X amount or chant totally. on something. But the same way I'd say, talk about med- meditation. But then all these stories. Or just taking a good long walk. Oh, it's very classical music and a walk are taken. I take my kids for a walk every single night, yeah. and it's so like important. it's so just stress, whatever. And there's like the one dog that looks like Triumph the Insult uh, Wonder Dog or whatever, <laughs> and it barks at us every time. And it's just sort of I've I've decided I've talked my son into the fact that the dog doesn't like him, but it likes my daughter. And <laughs> it only barks when he shows up. So if Natalie's in front and Sonny's behind. But Scientology then came under a lot of fire, like under the last six months. What? Whatever all that all that has that okay for you guys? Are you are you getting a lot of crap? Is it harder? Here's now? Here's my thoughts on the subject. I, I I don't like talking about it too much, but I don't mind shying away from it just because I don't. I'm not interested in proselytizing or trying to do anything. Like people do whatever the hell they want. I don't care. But I will say I grew up in an environment with a lot of hate. Right. So I grew up in a in in a in a in a gay home. My mom is a lesbian, and I've seen hate. Now, I can't say I've seen hate like can exist in other realms of hate with the African-American community, with Jews in the, in the World War, but I saw elements of hate. And what I observe is that ev- everyone hates someone, right? And, mm-hmm. and what things are so PC now, the element of hate has made it to where, oh, you can't hate this, you can't hate that. Oh, but we're the, they're the Scientologists. Oh, they're the new guys. Where do you think all that hate goes, right? Like, there's always been hate. There's always sure. there's always a reason to hate somebody. Yep. And then later on, 20 years later, they go, oh, we don't hate them anymore. No, no. Oh, no, we used to hate the blacks. Now we don't. Oh, we no, gays are bad. Oh, no, they're good now. What I found is it's just, all right, with a new guy in the block, no one knows what the hell they're talking about. 
I've never met someone that hates it, that understands anything about it. So I usually just feel, eh, it's just hate, man. It's just more hate. Whether you yeah. hate Scientology or you hate blacks, it's the same shit. It's just we're the new guy on the block. So it's like a sort of Rubik's Cube. It's like it's always there. You just spin yeah. it around, and yeah. it goes to another side, and then you spin it around, and it goes somewhere All else. The people that are hating on my religion in a, in a decade or two decades are going to go, oh, no, that we're cool with them now. Now it's the blah, blah, blahs, and it's just going to be a new cycle. And it's, it's, you know, the one thing I observe is it's, it's the hate is a really actually a small group of people. Yes. But they're very, very talented at making it seem bigger, that it's a more widespread viewpoint of their their opinion or their viewpoint is more widespread. Like, you know, so it's like, it, it's like, it's what Bodhi said. It's just, you know, I see there, you know, there's an amazing drug rehabilitation program called Narconon with a 70% success rate. Um, there's drug education programs that are sponsored by the church just because they find when people are educated about drugs, they tend not to abuse them. You know, there's literacy programs. There's criminal reform programs. Yeah. Well, my, my sort of take is I just work with the freedom of being an atheist. I just work big to small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when somebody says, um, children growing up, Without a father in the house, yeah. I go. That's a big problem. Yeah, that's a big, I agree with that's that. That's a huge problem because unless your mom's a hippie lesbian, right? It's no, creating, but I, I needed that dad. That he came and helped it's out. It's creating criminals. It's creating junkies. It's creating horrible students. It's, it's there's a lot of discipline problems. It's creating so fine actors. It's from fine actors. <laughs> it's creating a lot also, of societal problems. And then at some point, somebody says, uh, "What about secondhand smoke?" And I go, eh, "I don't." Uh, I'm not for it, but I don't care. Well, what about, what about cats and pets having a higher uh, incidence of, of cancer growing up and, and being raised in houses that yeah. have smokers? And I'm like, uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, we I, I'll get to it. I want to get to the part where everyone's growing up with a mama and no daddy yeah. and that why they're not able to get out of poverty and have success right. and why they're having difficulty at school and then yeah. getting in trouble with the law. So we'll get to that and we'll get to like re- renewable power sources and clean water and things like that. And then what was that thing about the cat? Right. Oh, lung cancer. They get cancer with, mm, what are we saying, smokers? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that. Your chinchilla well, has diabetes? Okay, that's right. at the end well, of the <laughs> My thing is, it's kind of that way with Scientology. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like, as far as I can tell, uh, the pizza parlor was not blown up by the Scientologists wearing the explosive vest, and uh, the beheadings uh, of the CNN camera crew were not filmed and put online by the Scientologists. And there's many other things uh, we can get to. Uh, they're not on my radar because th- they don't affect me, and it seems to me that they yeah, seem like you guys. I'm which 35 is, uh, years now studying it, and I've just found it to be cool people. Done. Okay. Done. Deal. I'm, uh, I'm fine with it. Yes, Gina. Quick question, just yeah. a technical question. Yes. You're... Raised Jewish or your mom's Jewish? Lesbian Jewish. Hippie. <laughs> totally so different. That means literally, uh, that means nothing. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I, 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 I have a friend. I know someone who uh, is Jewish and in Scientology. So he refers to himself as a Scientology Jew. Me too. Do you? Yeah. I, I just didn't say that, but yeah. But religion-wise, I didn't know if you're allowed to Here's, you know, here's the basic thing. You can be any religion and use Scientology. There's a bunch of Buddhist monks that came over to learn the study technology. There's a whole technology on how to study so that they can better understand their own religion. So non denominational. There's every religion. You know, there's there's courses on um, how to learn how to communicate better. 
Um, so there's just you bet any religion can apply better communication skills so they can better communicate with their priest or with their wives or atheists can just enjoy what they're doing already and enjoy their kids and help and you probably couldn't help, you know you probably couldn't be a religion that was bombing people and do and do something yeah that's probably that. across purposes no. yeah, like helping things yeah, be better help. <laughs> so uh, i want to ask uh Bodie yeah. and Jenna, because I'm very fascinated about this relationship. Uh, I'll tease it, but <clears throat> it seems to me that the thing that's most attractive about Bodie, which is the motor, is also the thing that kind of gets you into trouble a little bit because you got to be able to turn that motor down. Yeah, and I'm not sure you may have a toggle, but I don't know if you have a dimmer that we can. <laughs> Turn that motor down Jesus, no, a, a, a little bit, it's more yeah. of a and I want to know. I want to know if there's, you know, if there are attempts at that, or if there's just you got to go out and play handball for three three hours straight, and then come back into the house. I mean, I want to know how it works in the relationship. Okay. The the motor, because I have a much. I have much more of a motor than my wife does. I got to, we got to do this and we got to do that. We got to do this. And I can, I can see totally her being overwhelmed going, just who cares? Just relax. Just sit down. You know, no, 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 no. no. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Totally. Here's what we're doing. I tell him sometimes, I dare you just to not give a shit. Yes. Like, what would happen if you just didn't care about that? Like, just let it go uncontrolled. What right. might happen? We got dude, it. We, nothing dude, would happen. I play in an adult baseball league. I boxed my whole life. I'm, I, I do a million things. I, I can't, like, I just, Dig doing things. All right. Well, let's wait. Let's discuss how that's uh, simpatico. <laughs> All right. So, Bodie, how do we chillax a little bit, and then how do we not agitate Jenna by I, constantly? Jenna telling- has to make sure he has sex one to two times a week, mm. and that helps the toggle. Uh-huh. Also, it really helps that I have two young boys, so I uh-huh. take the boys and I get out. I do a lot of stuff. Do adventures. Hiking, camping, baseball. Like, I'm off with the boys doing stuff all the time. Bike rides. Because they don't tire. Like, if I have a lot of energy, they make me look like I'm asleep. How old are they? Six and eight. Are there any attempts for you, or is there some room in the... the Celebrity Center, you can go into and be quiet. <laughs> like, do a little Tai Chi, you know what I mean? Like, is there a, is there, I mean, obviously you don't want to turn it down, but, or do you want to turn it down? I don't no, know. No, he I mean, gets into bed at like eight and opens up his laptop and starts watching his movie. That's baloney. There was a good like period of time where you were like, in bed, opening up that laptop. Headphones on. I like um, watching movies. And yeah, what is the big? And what, I'm like, okay, I'll put the kids to bed. No, I got it. <laughs> I mean, if I want to go to bed early, like if I say to him, "Hey, can you put the kids down? Because I want to go to sleep early." Doesn't happen. She's I'm not allowed. She's I know. A, she's full of shit right now. No, I'm not. Right you're like the yeah. kids will never let you fall asleep if you're in the house. You got to go to a hotel or something. If you want to go to bed at a decent hour, I'm like, That's are you done not telling your, your stories, your fictional stories? I think Adam has a question. <laughs> the question is, uh, what beside the podcast uh, are you guys writing? Are you? Yes. Is there a, a, a passion for some sport, uh, some cause? I mean, obviously, All there's that. He does. Scientology, and there's there's the podcast, and and how much writing is going on on a daily basis? Or projects, we're, a documentary you're working on. We're developing a scripted program about marriage. That's sort of that. But Jenna's actually involved, not related to our religion, a ton of charity things. Like way, like she ten xes anyone I know that has nothing to do with our religion. All kinds of charity that she does. She's the one that's like way active and stuff like that. Dizzy Did, feet, a dance charity. 
is 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 uh, uh forgive me for uh, talking finance here but mm-hmm. is does are we guys good financially or mm-hmm. do we need it to constantly come in to make ends meet or is there enough residual money aside I and, very, no we're good oh you're good we're good but i learned early on and i also just have this as i don't know as an artist i don't ever especially like in television or as an artist when you know, you're relying on like another corporation's um, activities to determine your rate of survival. Sure. Um, I never am comfortable just resting on my laurels and going, I'm good. I got money in the bank. Like, right. I, I sort of feel like it's better. Uh, it's just something I built in at some point, but I just pretend I have none. Right. And so it just keeps me producing new ideas. It keeps me inventive. It keeps me reaching and looking at new ways to create and do, yeah. you know. So, um, I mean, it's, it's a balance, I think, but I mean, you don't want to go through life running scared. Right. No. On the other hand, it's you, good to have a little. No, if you manage your finances mm, yes. properly, you, you're not running scared. You're being creative. No, There's but a you, difference you, on the, the Yeah, drive. I get it. But you also want a little, I got to make hay while the sun's shining kind of vibe, too. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, it's time to go to work. Yeah. Without, yeah, but that's fun. No, I get it. I feel like there's some celebrities or artists or just human beings that just never give themselves a break. Like, they can mm. ne- they, they're constantly thinking they're... N- that seems a bit manic, though, yeah. and imbalanced. Uh, it is, but yeah. it, it, it's, it can be the path. I don't think it's the path to happiness, but it yeah. can be the path to riches if, if they feel if like someone's goal. constantly chasing them or... Yeah, you got yeah. I, I think having kids changed a lot for us. Like, I'm really dedicated to doing, like, doing stuff with my kids. Like, that's become a real life of mine is life with them creating art with them doing things that are athletics and sports and art where are you at with your kids like i have a couple of kids and i have twins and they're nine and i you know my whole life everyone's saying you got to get them into this and you got to get them into that i got to learn an instrument they got to learn a second language i got this that and then turns out they're not into an instrument right and it turns out I don't care. Right. Like, I do want... They, well, it's not going to matter if it's not their determinism right. anyway. It'd be a so waste the, of money and... I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if I was uh, a better person and or Asian, I would force them <laughs> right. to learn how, and, to, how to play. And they that. would get good at it really fast if they were Asian. Yeah. As but I'm mother, not, and we're not. So yeah. I just feel like, well, she's not into this, but he's into that, but she's that into happens. something else. Yeah, and I, I don't really care. But do you really... We just sort of... I just, as a... Parent, I just work with their. I consult their willingness, right, and their interests because you know they 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 come fully loaded. You know yes. what I mean, and they have they'll show you what they're interested in. It comes out, and so I just kind of go, "Would you like to try that? Do you want to do one lesson and see if it interests you? Okay, all but, right." But and here's what you're saying that's right on. So our our eight year old is gifted athletically. Like he's he's like his mom because she was a ballerina and she and he's got. That incredible sense of body position, yes. but hates group sports. So he won't do anything, right? right? And it was making me crazy because he's one of those kids that if he were to do anything... At two and a half, you could throw a ball and he'd hit it. He didn't need a right. team. Like, like he kicks himself front flips and back flips in the pool, like, but then he won't do group sports. So it was making me crazy. And I didn't want to be the dad that pushed him, pushed him. I took him to baseball camp, wasn't interested, didn't want to do it. But then, he, but then his younger brother decides to do something like baseball. And he's competitive. And he got competitive with his younger brother. Now he's obsessed. 
and the little dingleberry is getting amazing because he's amazing. Right, because he's so, gifted. But I went through that period of like, what do you mean you're not going to play baseball? I play baseball. I love baseball. You're going to love baseball mm-hmm. too, but I didn't, but that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. But So I got frustrated, but I had to realize like, no, he's going to find his own way into things. I realize I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not a positive role model, but I, I, I like stop to, there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have poisoned my boy on soccer. Yeah. yeah. Which oh is nice. Oh, God, the list never ends. One of my greatest in the accomplishments Music, is, is, is poisoning them, poisoning uh, my boy on soccer. No, I take my son to the other warehouse that's filled with Paul Newman right. race cars and old Lamborghinis to for daddy to wrench on on the weekend, and he, he wants look, nothing to do with it. But and I bet maybe, you there'll be a turn on that. There's, something's going to turn where they're going to get interested in that. Uh, after I die, there'll be an argument over who owns them. I, I do agree that there will be a turn. Yeah, some, clarified there'll be well some in pride advance. of ownership after I, after I pass on. Roundup, man. Mm-hmm. Max Control 365. Oh, man. I'm doing my backyard right now. I'm going to have that thing ready for the summer, man. Got a pool going back there. I don't want the weeds, so I'm going to use a little Roundup Max Control 365. Patios for cooking out, kicking back, hanging out. Or uh, maybe just playing a little pepper with your son. Remember playing pepper? Oh, sure. That. Playing pepper. Oh, it's such a, such a, well, you want to talk about life's simplest pleasure. Mm. A little pepper, pepper with the boy in the backyard. You don't want to trip on weeds. No. You go uh, Roundup, Max Control, 365. You find it wherever uh, they sell this stuff, supermarket, hardware store, whatever. Get a little extra hammock time. By the way, safe for the dogs, safe for the pets, safe for the cats, safe for the kids. Roundup, Max Control, 365. Yes. What's pepper? pepper? I thought it was pickle. There's pickle too. There's pickle? pickle and pepper. Pepper is a oh, baseball right. game. Wait, Adam, I have a question for you. That's mm. important. Mm-hmm. Your spot, she didn't the, get her question. The thing yet. you just said. <laughs> we don't exist. Ra- this ra- roundup. We should round just go up. shopping. Yes. Okay. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. Explain what it is, because I have a, I have a bamboo issue. Oh yeah. This bamboo will not come out. That's awful. Is that? Will this handle my bamboo issue? It couldn't hurt. I'd give it a try. Because <laughs> I'm having some serious. Like we grew bamboo a while back, and now this stuff is taking over the property. Bamboo. Don't horrible. ever. Don't ever plant get involved bamboo in bamboo in your yard. No. Well, let me tell you, it's a deal with the devil. Yes. Because you go. Well, we want privacy. It'll give you and privacy. We want a nice big light. We want a wall that light can't penetrate, mm-hmm. and we need it to get to about twenty twenty five feet. But we would like to do it by not this weekend, but next weekend. And we want to buy want to buy in one gallon pots. And bamboo is the only thing that will you can do. Uh, oh, talk Texas privet all you want. <laughs> But you can't do other plants where you're trying to get that hedge going right. that'll do it. Like the swimming pool's in, it's it's February, and by July, we want to go with our lesbian mom and her huge floppy boobs, and we want to go topless, and we don't want the neighbors, those guys are Mormons, we don't want them peering over the fence, so someone goes, we'll plant bamboo, because yeah. that'll be 20 foot tall right. in four months. But then It'll it just be cut in, ten years in later, man. Three weeks. Takes it's over coming your life. through the cement. It's no, breaking it comes, through everything. It shows up like ten feet away in other planters. <laughs> yes, it's underneath the cement thing. Like I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone or some horrible movie of some sort. It's like a horror show. It's a horror movie. It's a crazy, durable, insane. It's, what's <laughs> insane to me is if you go to and I don't go to, but if if you see pictures or whatever, like you know when they're building in China and. And maybe even Japan, they use it for scaffolding because yeah. they have pandas there. That's right. The, the pandas get <laughs> they handle get the panda. bamboo problem. We need. I need to go we to need a, a panda. 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 That's right. We can foster a panda from the zoo. I need to go to, a pan- I need to oh, adopt some baby pandas. Yes, Jenny, oh. you got enough juice to 
foster That'd be good. a panda. Yeah. As long as it is it going to give my kid that STD though? Oh, yeah. chlamydia. Yeah, chlamydia. That's, that's koala bears. Oh, oh you're okay. fine. I'm fine. Oh, okay, I'm fine okay. With yeah. the panda. Pandas, we love pandas because they sit like us when yeah. we were five. They I sit know. on the rumps oh, and they cute. put their feet out. And any animal them. that has that slightly opposable thumb thing always yeah. makes it a little bit slightly disconcerting in a great way. Yeah. <laughs> but pandas are weird because it, it shows how shallow we are because they all they do is sit and eat. And it's not like... Oh, yeah, my cousin was saved by a panda, <laughs> or uh, I was being attacked control. by a mountain lion, Until and this the panda, 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 the no. panda showed up. No, it's the, it's the, ah, bamboo, bring in the panda. Bring yeah. in the panda, but pandas don't do anything, really, bamboo. other than sit and eat bamboo. I think they're, they're, underused. they're underutilized. We love them because they're cute. They're adorable. So cute. Can they be cute while handling the bamboo? Part? I don't know. Well, they do best. We should, we should, yeah. work, we should work on it. And that was Jenna and Bodie Elfman talking about the Hall Pass. An adult cheerleader. Back in 2016. All right. Let's get going with our next clip. We're going to continue where we left off yesterday with Mike Lynch and Bald Brian. But we're going to add Dickie Barrett into the mix. He's the singer for the Mighty Mighty Boston, who does our theme music for the Adam Carolla show, both uh, the intro and the outro of the show. And he's also the announcer for Jimmy Kimmel Live. So just a classic, classic character from the Adam Carolla, Jimmy Kimmel universe. And we got him in studio. It's Adam Carolla Show 386 Part 2. Dickie Barrett in studio, along with Mike Lynch and Brian Bishop. This one's August of 2010. Uh, met Dickie in person right around this time uh, at Jimmy Kimmel Live. Really great dude. Check it out. Have a seat there, Dickie. Oh, you don't want me wandering around the room? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I get nervous when a dude in I was gonna saddle do this. shoes walks like in a d- circle. I like to do a life. half a mile, maybe <laughs> maybe a mile during the show. Just, you know. Get the, the shape-ups on. Yeah. yeah, that, and you got your pedometer on your yeah. belt. I'd actually you know. like to walk to Glendale and back. Can you give me an earpiece? What's going on, Dick? How you been, pal? I uh, hear you guys, uh, you're sitting on your uh, headphones, oh, by the way. Uh, but, oh, uh, I'm going to put these on. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you guys are uh, playing soon. I got a, I got an email from uh, Jimmy's assistant saying uh, the boss tones. We're playing, playing Thursday night, and um, you're going to be out of town, though, according oh. to... If, if the information I get from yes, Mike August yes. is correct, <laughs> and I have no reason to believe it wouldn't uh, be. Yeah. That guy is, this is what he did to, to book me on the show, which, My by the way, thank yeah. you very much for having me on the show. I think uh, Always you've definitely a pleasure, got much Dave. bigger fish than me to fry and for you no, to take don't. time to plug my... <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, we did not. I heard you We had Phil Stallone. Spector's widow yes. the other day. Yeah, we had Phil Spector's <laughs> he's, widow. He's alive. Phil Spector's widow. He does his hair, but his hair's a wig. Soon to be widow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. what we're calling him since he went in the big house? I guess we should. I guess if you go in the joint, we should just call your yeah. old lady a widow. How's my mic? Is everything good over there, Brian? You sound good, yeah. All right, and so August, you know... Mike I, August. Mike August yeah. nails nails me down. All right, so, you know, easily, no problem. But lots of little short emails. Uh, next week, uh, Cat and Crow show, blah, blah, blah. Lots of them, and, and then I'd ask stupid things just to see what he'd respond to, like, uh, still seeing that girl? Right. Oh, yeah, things are going great. Uh, Mike August with every dumb tagline. Then, finally, I really need some information. I knew I was going to do the show. Finally, I need some information today. I go, hey, can you send me the address again? And I do this at 8 o'clock this morning. I haven't heard mm-hmm. from him all day. Sure. But anything <laughs> dumb, I have to ask him, like, uh, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. How yeah. you been, anyway? Uh, I've been uh, fantastic. You have? Uh, Dick. What's yeah. going on around here? Well, we're doing a whole big Garage Mahal makeover out there. So we're getting, we douched out the uh, warehouse, and they came in, Goldberg and company came in, because when you think about renovating a warehouse, you think about Jews, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he came in there, and they're putting in all kinds of hoists and pictures and lighting, and it's absolutely What about the uh, tire rack? Is that new? Yeah, we got a new we got a new tire rack I love going on that. there. That to me, I would like one of those in my living room. Yeah, that's just awesome, isn't it? Like a collection of tires. There's I don't whether it be a tie rack, a hat rack, a tire a tire rack, or a coat rack, an old CD rack. rack. Yeah, anything that has the word rack a lamp. <laughs> there's a chick has a nice rack. Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing that ends You've in rack. You've always been a rack guy. Rack them up when you're playing. Pool. I mean, there's no <laughs> bad rack except for eye rack. Yeah. That's there's the only bad rack. We see eye to eye on, but with all, the two of us, rack men, I'd say. Yeah, a couple of rack men. Love. I, I like to make the announcement. Rack them up. There's nothing better than you just sinking that eight ball in on the last shot and yelling, announcing, rack them up, because you're really saying, "Hey, bitch, you I have won. to do that. Yeah. I want. I'm going to go blow butt or a dude over here, and you rack them up." Uh, I love Dicky because Dicky was a former bartender and gets a certain satisfaction out of so I think everyone does on your own terms. You wouldn't want to go down to some shitty yeah. bar and stand there for no tips. But like me, I like uh, a building project is fun to me. I used to be a builder. Right. And when I would throw a party at my house, Dickie would want a ten bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would literally we would go down I was to the, the bar. master of the speed rack, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right down I hate top shelf, but speed rack Where did you right work as a bartender? At a place called the uh, fatted calf in Boston, which is, which by the way was, uh, is that where John Ritter used to hang out on Three's Company? It was, it was half a Three block away from yeah. the, from the Bull and Finch, which was which was the uh, the Cheers place, and the Fatty Calf was kind of parodied on the Cheers TV show as the Hefty Heifer, which oh, was, yeah. it, it, and it was this was years ago, but mostly the Fatty Calf we called it the Fatted Half. It moved a lot of product out of mm-hmm. that building. It, there was. Uh, Colombians and, and God bless the, they're hardworking people. They sure. Worked, they worked in the kitchen, but they also did a lot of work in the basement. Moved a lot in the, in in the sub basement, and yeah. uh, it was and it was right under the uh, the state house, the Golden Dome State House. The Golden Dome was created by uh, so they say Paul Revere, but you've seen pictures of it, and it was blocks away, and it was crawling at all times with government workers. And uh, state police, and and constantly, and it, and it was the uh, happy-go-lucky mid '80s when I worked there. Sure, and everybody was very happy-go-lucky. Were the tips good? Uh, it was mostly powder. I was tipped in a lot of. Powder. Oh, really? <laughs> no, it was it was good. I, I was I I did more busing tables and uh, than than bartending, and I uh, I enjoy bartending. I was slated probably to bartend. I dodged that bullet uh, mm-hmm. when I met seven talented musicians known as the Boston's and tell everyone because uh, we haven't told this story in a long time why you will not eat another peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> as long as you live I, I will like tell story. that story dude if you tell me the story about you and Kellison driving out to Long Island okay all right so I had uh, I figured out I was ne- I was moving furniture at the time and I had figured out that I probably never travel anywhere and I was 18 years old and uh I'm not gonna, uh, you know, I'm not gonna go anywhere, and that's what I figured. But I put together enough money to get to San Diego, where my friend's mother said I could, if I'd come out and visit, I could stay there with her. So I got on a, 
I bought a train ticket from, from Boston to San Diego. San Diego for about $400. And it was a nice ride going out there and I had money. I'm eating in the diner car. When you hit the Midwest, the train gets huge and it's very enjoyable. But I sat in a seat, you know, it was. It was you know, How many days is that trip? Three days. Mm-hmm. Three days on the train and it, and it didn't suck going out there. Until, I enjoyed it until drinking. Steve and Seagal climbed on board. <laughs> and then he knew there was trouble. I didn't mind. I'm drinking. Like, people are getting on and off across the country, and, and I'm drinking with different people in the bar and the club car, and I'm in, enjoying it. I get to San Diego, and uh, I spend a couple of days with this guy's mom at this guy's mom's house, and I burn San Diego in about a day. I'm like, there's not a lot going on here for an 18 year old guy by himself hanging so with this guy's mother. Can I say this uh, quickly? Yeah. I don't know why I just thought of this, but Seagal should have stayed on the boat, <laughs> and Sandra Bullock should have never got on the boat when it came to Speed 2 mm-hmm. versus uh, Deadly Ground or whatever the under hell it is. Under Siege. Can yeah. I say this just, just to both? Do you guys think we'll ever get to the peanut butter? No. It's, <laughs> no. But uh, Seagal should have stayed on the boat for Under Siege 2, and... Uh, and she should have never got on it. Let's throw a Busey in there also. Yeah, sorry. So now you're in San Diego. San Diego. Someone comes up to me and, and I'm just hanging around and says, if you uh, get on that trolley train, it'll take you into Tijuana. And I go, oh, that'll be cool. I'll go. You're just alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And says, if you get on that, you can go into Tijuana. And, and I go, oh, that's cool. So I go in there and uh, I'm in Tijuana and someone says, if you get on that bus... Mm-hmm. Right there, you can go to the city of La Paz, which is all the way down the Baja. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know this, and, but at the time, I didn't know it. And, I, and I'm like, wow, I'll be traveling down the Baja, and, and uh, that'd be cool. So I get to La Paz, and I spend a few days there. And somebody says in La Paz to me, if, if you get on that bus, you can get over to uh, Cabo San Lucas, and you got to see that place, and that, mm-hmm. that's really cool. So I go there, and I'm staying now. I'm in Mexico now with, with very few things. I bought a pair of shorts. Sure. I've got my money and my, you know, my long pants are in San Diego because I'm doing this. and It's just on a whim, and you're traveling around, and you don't have credit cards or an ATM card uh, or no, traveler's no, checks or the, any of that. This is the early 80s. You and just have cash Cell phone, none of that stuff. And telephones in Mexico, they didn't even have them yet. Right. Yeah. The, so, uh, no, seriously, so the guy's so mother thinks I'm missing. Right, it's a weird, a weird thing back then when you think about traveling with no plastic in your wallet and no cell phone and no anything, and you're just literally just sort I've of I got out. cash. I got cash. Yeah, but you're one good I've rolling. Got, I've got two hundred dollars on me, man, and I'm ready to go. But you're one good whore rolling away from being just that, naked in Mexico, that. dude. That almost happened. So I'm in, when I'm in Cabo, I'm staying in the four dollars a night places, mm-hmm. and and then in the daytime, I'm going to the. Uh, to the resorts and just walking to the pool and you know saying sure. I'm in room 208 right right and ordering drinks like that and and hanging out kind of hanging out with people who are like you know the Boston kid is you know sitting there with them so uh, one day I'm kind of bored and I hear some Metallica music playing in the building mm-hmm. in my sh- shitty hotel I'm on the ground floor and I kind of follow and I go up the stairs, no elevator, I go up the stairs, about four flights and to where I, it's like Ride the Lightning is playing and I'm, and I'm like, oh, American heavy metal, I'm so excited. And sure. I love that stuff at that time. And uh, I knock on the door twice and the door opens really fast. <laughs> that was <a> bad <laughs> Yeah. And there's, there's four Mexican guys in there and the room is filled with silver. 
It's on the beds. It's laid out on, a, on any bureau, any surface. It's on the blankets on the floor, and it's tons and tons of silver. And the guy has a huge silver knife. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Wow. And I go, Metallica. And then I'll look at each other. Metallica! And they pull me into the room. And we sit and we drink and listen to heavy metal like all day. Tequila and drinking. And, and it was kind of, it got sketchy at sometimes, like, because when they sensed, you know, like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we should kill you. Ah, Metallica! Metallica. <laughs> right. Sure. I left there with all my fingers covered and my pockets. They gave me silver all afternoon. They gave you silver? Silver. They were drinking and getting high at the same time and they were they were loading me down and then they were like they're big into silver over there like lots of yeah. silver bracelets and charms and necklaces and earrings and stuff I don't know what the deal with silver is over there but they left you weighted down weighted with down and I, and I had it and I, and I just put it all in my suitcase now I've got all this silver so the next day someone says to me if you get on that boat you can go over to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico right and I go oh cool the love boat sure. goes into Puerto Vallarta and, and with the the way I pictured it and the way it was were two entirely different things. My boat was like a tugboat size boat. Right. You know, t- a tugboat. And it was filled with Mexican workers who go back and forth. It's their commuter boat. And mm-hmm. it was the rough. And it was like. A lot a- of guys in three piece suits reading the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because when I hear Mexican workers, yeah. just some if you mean, if you checking mean, a pocket wine. If the three pieces are a straw hat, <laughs> overalls, one Hirachi, and, and a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was picture. the three piece suit. Right. And it was a rough night on the boat. But also, they go 50 cents to get on this boat. Julie then, McCoy wasn't there. No one was there. Oh, Stubing, man. none of them. So, but they go. Uh, You're just traveling alone the whole time. I go fifty cents to get on the boat. That sounds great. And yeah. By the way, you fall overboard with that Samsonite filled no with knows. silver. You're going right to David Jones. <laughs> You're right to Jose Cuervo's locker. No one knows. So, they, but when I'm buying the ticket, this is this is funny too. So I'm buying the ticket, and the guy goes, goes out fifty cents, and I go, oh, that's a great deal. He goes a dollar. If you want a bed, and I go, a dog, and I get a bed, and I'll sleep. It's not there was not a bed on the boat. Mm-hmm. That was the old fifty cent rip sure. off. But I'm walking around like an he A-hole. saw you posing for the picture by the giant iguana and knew you were a tourist. That's how they know when you're a tourist. You're paying two bucks to take I, a picture with I, a lizard. I held up a marlin that I didn't catch. Right. I, so I get on the boat and I'm spend the first two hours walking around asking them where the and it was like. Uh, where the best it was, was like the freshmen trying to find the pool and there's no pool yeah, in high school in my, in my junior high they would sell you a ticket to the pool that was on the roof of the gym <laughs> which yeah. didn't exist yeah so that's what I'm, I'm looking for and then I realized okay I understand it was that thing was tossed around the boat it was a nightmare of a ride it was it was overnight so it was a, I think it was like a six it could have been twelve six, between six and twelve hours I don't mm-hmm. remember really mm-hmm. at this time but we get to Puerto Vallarta and we pull in with all those luxury liners, and it's just a—it's like a—it's like a pebble next to uh, Gibraltar. My boat compared mm-hmm. to the luxury liner. But in, we snake our way in and we get in, and I'm off that, and I'm in Puerto Vallarta, and I spend. So I end up spending two weeks there and run out of the two hundred dollars, but I still have the silver, and now I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Mexico City, and I have to get up to Mexicali and Mexicali, and now I'm going to take my first Mexican train, and on the Mexican train was nothing like the train I took across the United States. Much this better. was like a U.S. No, no other way. Other <laughs> way around. Oh, whoa. This was like a U.S. surplus, something we donated to them yeah. with 
with school bus seats in the in the train in each of the thing and at one point in order to get from one car to the other as i'm loading on trying to find they can't all be like this because i'm going to be on this train now for i think 24 hours and uh and i've got to find a comfortable seat and i have to walk through cattle really yeah, i'm walking like <laughs> through cattle to go to go to one of the cars there's, there's cows on this friggin' train and we're going to go th- cut through the desert and so the train is, you know, f- five minutes till the train leaves. I jump off and get a bottle of tequila, because I and that ends up being just about my last money. I maybe have three dollars more, and I grab the bottle of tequila. I'm going to drink this on my bus seat, Rumble bus seat for the sure. next two, day, two days on the t- day on the train. I get uh, through the desert. All of a sudden, in the desert, some horses come galloping at the train. Mm-hmm. Off in the distance, and everybody starts getting nervous, and it's Los Federales, Los Federales, Los Federales, and they were they they were like Frito Bandito style yeah. policemen with mm-hmm. various guns and di- like some had handguns, some had shotguns, some had rifles, some yeah. had machine guns in the in the bullet in, belts and everything in the desert. You'd much rather run into the Pringles guy than the Frito <laughs> Bandito guy because he's just a Old timer, he's probably sings three part harmony <laughs> in, in one of those uh, yeah. one of those bands. You might see at Shakey's. That's the dude with the wax in his mustache. Who would you rather run straw into? Cap. The Pringles guy, the Cheetos cheetah. No, the cheetah. That guy's beaked out of his brain. <laughs> you want you want the Pringles guy, not not the Frito Bandito like guy. He'd actually wear a pair of shoes like this. The yeah. Pringles guy, wouldn't he? Yeah, he a pair of saddles. He shoes. really would. I think you want Captain with Crunch. He's going to help you find your way out. Yeah, He's a captain. I'm stuck with with these guys, and they're riding horses. Honest to God, I'm not mm-hmm. making this up. They ride horses to the train. The train stops. They come through. They're just checking. Well, to be fair, this is what year? This is 1981. All right, let me do some math. So it's 19. So it's 1874 in Mexico. What year would it be in Mexico? It's, I mean, to be fair, it's 81. Turn, the progress the century. Right? Well, it's 81 once you get back to San Diego. Once you cross over, you're back in 1790. Yeah. So the early 1800s. Precisely. And, right. And uh, they're coming up the, 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 the cart, and uh, they spot me because I'm, you know, white, you know, teenage right. kid, and everybody right. else is, is Mexican. Sure. And they have me open my suitcase, and in my suitcase is a, a bag full of, of pretty nasty underwear because this was my first trip sure. to Mexico, sure. and that's not a cliche. Right. And they open the bag, and, and they're really mean looking, and then when they open it, they go, oh, amigo, oh. Right, and right, they, sure. And they throw that back, and they look at the silver, and they can't figure that out. And I go, you know, help yourself. Feasters. Or famine with this guy, Samsonite. It's either bag of shit or bag of silver. Let's make a Why? deal. There's no in between. The shitty underwear is actually protecting the silver. It's like very clever, amigo. Right. I go help yourself, and everybody grabs a ring. Everybody has a ring. And sure. They're ha- and they're like, thank you, and they get off the train, they go away. So I get up to Mexico. What do you think they were doing? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, Maybe they wanted a ring. Maybe they knew I had the best thing of silver. I mean, they're just going to run up on the train and just... Who knows of... what they were looking for? I think that they kind of are happy to see a train and they... And they <laughs> you know, it's their daily thing. Let's check the train out. Maybe something's going on. We can F right. with. Okay. And so they get a... I get to Mexicali. Mexicali, back over to Tijuana. Tijuana, I get into the United States. And now I'm going to head back. To, but all I have is four dollars and the train ticket back, and I buy a, I buy a loaf of Wonder Bread, 
mm-hmm. and a jar of Skippy peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going, okay, I can eat this for three days and I'll drink water off the train and everything. It was so friggin' miserable because the middle day was St. Patrick's Day on that train. Oh, that's and, big but, in Boston. But all of the, uh, in the club car, we'll be serving corned beef and cabbage. Please right. join us in the dining car. Where, and right. all the meals are announced. And while they're announced, I'm spreading peanut butter on another piece of Wonder Bread. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it ruined, so it's literally three days of peanut so butter So the moral to that agonizingly long story was uh, I will never eat another peanut butter sandwich again. And I haven't from that day. But, uh, oh, I'm really? Sure, I'm sure it's wonderful. Well, but if you three days of it. and uh, I. The fact that it's been outlawed on every campus between here and Guadalajara now is actually the joke's on everyone else, right? Who's it's, laughing we're, now, We're all my essentially friend. criminals. Now, who I else just, has I got I just love some that Dickie story. still has a Boston accent, by the way. It's, yeah. it's peanut butter. I love that. It's making me feel like home again. Skippy, a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, peanut butter. <laughs> so where are the uh, Boston's going to be playing, by the way? Let me find out? my plug list. I uh, I have it in front of me, all right. actually. I think are we sure? I will, yeah. uh, I will give it a... Uh, I will give everyone a plug 21st washington dc 22nd allentown pennsylvania philly on the 23rd and uh the 24th of august in uh, new york city at irving Everybody. plaza but also town ballroom in buffalo new york on august 20th on the 27th st andrews hall in detroit michigan wow this is real this is worse than the story the <laughs> eagles ballroom in milwaukee on the 28th and the 4th we're playing Mohegan Sun with Aerosmith. Oh, really? But, yes. Well, that's bitching. If you're listening t- this this morning, of September, though, yeah, they're playing tonight at the House of Blues on Sunset Strip with Kimmel. Yes, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel Kimmel's sitting in too. with his bass clarinet. Nice, nice grab. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I Picking wish. it. That's going to be yeah, awesome. He's real serious about it. His clarinet. Yeah, he really is. Like, like, it's not just a goof. He's, no, he considers himself a musician, like Woody Allen style. Like he, it's, he's a clarinet player, and he likes to do it. And he's excited. He's like, uh, I'm really excited to be playing with the guys. Uh, are they happy I'm coming? I'm like, Oh, Jimmy, they're overjoyed. <laughs> sure, yeah, clarinet player like you, who would yeah. want to? Well, it's always been what 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 people basically talk about the missing piece of the Boston puzzle's been the bass clarinet. It's uh it's sort of it's sort of like when Dallas got Troy Aikman. You know what I mean? They had all those lean years, you know, after Starbuck and it's like they needed a leader. Finally, <laughs> Finally, Finally the guys going to take him to the Super Bowl and that's what Aikman did for Dallas. The yeah. same thing that Kimmel did for the Boston. Dude, the where were that. you in 1998 when we started to fall off? <laughs> yeah. You know? You couldn't yeah. come, you couldn't come around you then? With that bass clarinet. Now I can't get, I'm trying to divide, the pie's a lot thinner these days. I'm trying to slice it up and you're getting in there now. The uh, story that Dickie wanted me to tell. This is that, my uh, favorite all time Adam Cole story. I can't, it's too long and too too boring. It has to do with my old partner Daniel Kellison and uh, going out. Where the hell were we going to? Martha's Vineyard or no, something? No, no, like no, no. You were going out to uh, to um, what, what's the in, on Long Island? What's the, uh, the Hamptons? The Hamptons. They're right. heading out to the Hamptons and uh, going and out you, to the Hamptons. Kind of met him too. Oh no, I knew I knew Daniel for a while, but Daniel is a Red Sox fanatic. <laughs> and again, the thing that drove me nuts about Daniel is. You know, when you know the playoff hunt, fine. World Series, fine. But game 
39 of the 162-game <laughs> season. You have to fucking hang on every, literally hang on every syllable that comes out of the announcer's voice on the AM radio. He checks the runner. Now he goes, oh, he steps off the mound. He wants to think about this while Daniel breathes a sigh of relief. But by the way, they could be up on the Mets 26 to nothing, and oh, it's the top of the eighth inning. Welcome back. And it's like, really? You're fucking still hanging on every fucking pitch. They're going to... We're going to take a break and then it turn the radio down a little bit. So, Adam, uh, let's talk a little business here. And then second, Adam would start to get into it and be like, and we're back here. Shh. It was it was a crazy thing because the drive from New York out to uh, the Hamptons, I guess, is exactly as long as a Major League <laughs> Baseball game. Like, it's exactly like... I got in the car for the first pitch, and we got out of the car when the organ <laughs> The guy was playing the organ, telling everyone to drive safely. And it was, and I, so it was an entire car ride where you couldn't talk, <laughs> or you could talk, but you just hear like, uh huh, uh huh. And there's nothing worse than this. What, you know, the guy says he's listening, but he's not. It's like it's so it'd be that thing where he's like, uh huh, uh huh, and it's like. Uh, Manny Ramirez throws another uh, strikeout, and then you you hear the guy you're talking to, you're like, go, yeah, pump his fist, and you just tell him you think your relationship is falling apart, but he's still pumped up about it, and he realizes he's not listening to the fucking thing you're saying. That's, well, you know Dan, you know, that's exactly how he was. And then this weird thing happened. He lures you in, too. He lures you in, and Daniel's one of these guys who just fucks with you, disagrees with you, realizes you want to do something, wants to do something else. And I had a couple days in the Hamptons with super rich guys, and I, I couldn't take it anymore. I wouldn't get on the uh, train with the peanut butter and Dickie. So <laughs> Sunday morning rolled around, and we were going to get out of there at like, at like you know, five in the afternoon and drive back to New York. And I just couldn't take these guys anymore. And I just said... Uh, Hey, Daniel, uh, you know, like 10 in the morning, I said, uh, what if we just pack up in the next hour and hit the road? And he's like, all right, buddy, done and done. And you know that thing where you're, you're immediately suspicious because this guy's never agreed with anything you've ever said, even if he wanted to do it. He's always <laughs> a fucking big argument. It's always like a dog pulling on a chew toy. He wants to go the other direction, no matter what direction you're pulling. <laughs> and he said to me, like, all right, buddy, I'll pack my bag. And when he said that, I just stood there like thinking, like, well, this, that seemed too easy. Like, why is he agreeing with me? I, uh, okay, I guess Daniel wants to leave the Hamptons early, too. Go pack my bag, uh, throw it into his uh, all-terrain uh, Volvo wagon, and jump in. It's like the doors slam shut. He flicks the radio on. Welcome to Fenway. <laughs> we got to be Mariah Carey throwing out the first pitch. We're getting underway. And I was like, oh, now it's three hours of fucking game 40 of the 163-game season on the way home and no conversation. Was it actually three hours or was he just like – was he driving in circles to the, make it – The way up, we hit a horrible thunderstorm and it was pouring rain and it took <laughs> so, about three hours. I don't so that know was nerve-wracking too, right? What the – I was hoping we'd just get struck by lightning and the radio would blow up. Like something the antenna would just get hit by lightning and the fucking speakers would blow out of the fucking Volvo. But uh, – yeah, I don't know how far the Hamptons is from New York, and it varies on traffic or whatever, but it was really door-to-door the length of a Red Sox game, not <sighs> even of a Mariners game. So uh, Daniel does this great thing, with, and, and I, I like to do it a lot. He really makes me, he makes me laugh all the time. He's great to have around. But he, uh, he'll go, hey, hey Dick, uh, I heard you played so-and-so or some kind. He'll ask you for a story, 
And then, you know, so you're going, yeah, we played there. And how was that? So you start to give him the details. And then you realize he doesn't, you know, he checks out. Yes, he's checked but out. But you're telling the story now. Yes. And you're, and you're, and you're like going, but dude, I didn't, I didn't want to tell this story. Yeah. I didn't want to go this. And then he's going, can I get you a drink? Can I, what are you, can I have? Yeah, he's, he's either thinking about Yastrzemski or Rice <laughs> or any of the other greats that played for the Red Sox over the years. I, I, it's so insane to be that involved with something. And I know if you're from Boston, you have to be nuts and you have to go crazy <laughs> with the sports. But it is the weird, <laughs> like Bill Simmons or Kevin Hench or any of these guys that... It's a weird... There's w- nothing crazy about it. It's weird to have your life just, just ruined and or dominated by this force of these group of guys. It is, and sad. And, I mean, it was even harder before they had any championships. Now and, it's weird because <laughs> now they've sucked yeah. you in to their to, yeah. to their Now we're winners pool. and we don't really know how to deal with it. We're not, we were horrible losers and now we're horrible winners. Yes, and but 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 you don't live there, and you don't know anyone on the team. So that's that's my big point with Daniel. And Daniel grew up in Brattleboro, Vermont. My heart will always be in Boston. <laughs> that's so sad. Right? Nobody in LA has that. My by the ass way. is in Monrovia, <laughs> right. but my heart. Will always be. Hey, by the way, if you ever talk to anyone who grew up in L.A. and who moved to Seattle, and you ask them about L.A., it's like fuck that dump. It's so great. I'm never going back there. Hey, how about the Dodgers this year? Who? The Dodgers. Who? The Dodgers. Fuck them. Like that's how that's how it works when you live in L.A. When I went on the radio, Adam, I swore, and you know, my show was to, to say the least was a little Boston heavy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm giving Boston, red I'm giving Red Sox scores in the morning sure. and calling my mother and we're we're mm-hmm. you know everything Boston Boston Boston. And I figured I'd last about an hour and someone would call me up. We don't give a shit about but I'm getting yo dude, yo bro. Listen to your show, love the Boston stuff. Yeah, it's, it's weird in in LA, you don't have I mean, well it'll be this will be real easy, but uh Brian, you're from the area. The Bay Area and Dickie, you're from you better. What do you mean? Where am I from? That's right. And Mike Lynch, born in Red, Lowell, Massachusetts. And uh, Mike, Mike Dawson is leaning against the microphone. Bay Area. There you go. So who here is from L.A.? <laughs> that's my Admo. point. Me. That's it. That's not, that's not, that's what you have in L.A. That's why it's generally a pretty shitty sports town. Because and by the way. Why there's no professional football team? Because you're a 49ers fan, and you're a 49ers fan, and you're a, a Patriots fan, obviously. So you're not clamoring. Like, you're not fucking picketing the, the fucking mayor's office going, hey, man, where's our team? You have a team. It's yeah. in Boston. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Or, or thereabouts. But the point is, is you guys have a team. Mm-hmm. You don't need a team in L.A. And if there was a team in L.A., you probably wouldn't give a fuck. All Speaking right. of L.A. sports, me, oh, sorry, I was driving, ahead, driving to work today, and uh, you know the Dodgers have a billboard campaign here in L.A. Yeah. that says, you know, this is my town. Mm-hmm. And it shows like Manny Ramirez or sure. Dodgers player DeJour. Guess who was on the billboard? Who? I'm a card-carrying Nambla member. Wow, Joel, Joel McHale. McHale. He's, <laughs> Brandon, this is his town. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the billboard. I'm a hermaphrodite. I've seen the celebrities. I've seen like the rappers. I've seen, I've seen oh, yeah. the ball players. Do you the billboard seen... at uh, La Brea and Olympic? I'm sure there's more than one, but that's the one that I saw. I saw one with a band that I couldn't recognize, but it's weird because then you've got to title them, and then it's hard 
then it's kind of confusing or kind but, of sad for the band. But it's kind of, it makes more sense if it's like an L.A. native, like uh, the Chili Peppers, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's the beauty of like, it. Yeah. He's a Mariners fan. Yeah. He lives and dies with the Mariners. He's not. He's here for work. Semi-well-known as a Washington native. I mean, it's not a secret. It's like, yeah. yeah. He went to the University of Washington. Yeah, he played right? tight end for the fine, football team. Guys. Yeah. This, this is L.A. It's, it's uh, fine. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I've got a business plan that I've been, and you guys can help me out with this. And it's it's based kind of on, you know how there's a lot of like Red Sox bars. Can, can I just say this quickly? Every billboard that advertises the Dodgers should just go, hey, Mexicans, bleachers, $4. <laughs> See that? That's, that's it. They don't need Joel McHale explaining that it's his team. You are the dumbest person alive. Uh, sorry. What is wrong this with you? This is based on Sonny McLean's and all the Boston Red Sox bars and that are in this area. And I'm thinking of starting a Dodgers bar and maybe one place in would Boston. be Lowell. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah, or South Boston. How long do you think that'll last? Then? Yeah, Dorchester, perhaps. <laughs> it's going to be fucking Crystal Knock. I'm going to put one in Adams <laughs> I want to talk to the owner of the Dodgers bar. Could you come out here for a second? <laughs> no, we want you outside the building. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I would say this to Daniel. I would say it to Kevin Hanch. I'd say it to Bill Simmons. I said all these How long would you guys tolerate me walking around in a. Uh, uh, Pat Hayden jersey, <laughs> throwback fucking jersey, just walking around the workplace would talking be, about Rosie Greer, arguing all the time that uh, Jack Youngblood was one of the best uh, and most underrated defensive ends to ever strap on the cleats. Digging deep, Pat Hayden jersey. <laughs> you get your ass kicked by five guys named Sully. Bobby Nolan Moore. Cromwell was a triathlete in college, one of the greatest all-around athletes, and by the way, could have played quarterback on any other team, but chose to play DB for the Rams around Wayne the 70s. Wayne Gretzky of the Kings right. not. How long would Bobby you guys Orr tolerate could not shine that? his skates. Jackie Slater should be in the Hall of Fame right now. <laughs> <laughs> How long would you guys put up with the Eric Dickerson fucking talk and me and my Rams jersey before you just fucking beat the shit out of me? We barely up put up with it here. I know. That's the whole point. Barely talking about the Rams here. Especially like Henshi and, and Simmons. They're so knowledgeable about all the Red Sox history. I'm, you know? just, I'm just saying uh, how much, you know, Dusty Baker or uh, Steve Yeager conversation would uh, go over in uh, Boston. That's, that's all. It's uh, it's non-existent, my friend. And you know what? It's not. It's a it's a bad it's bad comment on Boston. I prefer this. Who gives a fuck? We're all fine. Mellow out, dude. You're in L.A. Sure. Relax. It helps. We yeah. don't care. Nobody we're, cares. We're, 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 if well, it, it, I really like that you're into that, dude. No problem. Way to go, bro. Yeah, we don't we we don't know how to shit on other people's teams. And then again, of course, cousin Sal from New. From Long Island, who's a massive Cowboys fan. Yeah. This notion, by the way, of he liked him when he was a kid. I like ketchup on my hot dog when I was a kid. And then I turned seven. You know having- what I'm saying? There's a lot of shit. I like the Archies when I was a kid. There's a lot of shit I liked when I was a kid. That's not an excuse. <laughs> I didn't have pubes when I was a kid. So I shave myself clean now. The point is, is I know Sal liked Dallas when he was a kid. But he can't talk shit about me liking the Rams when I grew up in L.A. He didn't grow up in Dallas. But it's not kind of, he's kind of like a passing, like, if I had to choose a team, I guess I'd choose Dallas. 
He loves that team. He really he's the, he's the you know he's the most knowledgeable football. Guy I understand, I but does know. he have to make fun of me for liking well, he has the to Rams? Make fun of everything, and that's just oh, that's true. That's who he is. Maybe that's true. Can, you know? Can I ask a, a music related question? Change the subject slightly for Dickie. Uh, <laughs> quickly, I hope so. Um, Boston, I hope I can do this. Boston's yeah. very reggae influenced. Good, Adam, good. not a reggae fan. You I know, know the band. You got the Royal yeah. Oil. You got Simmered Down. Ooh, Where's mm-hmm. How do you reconcile that with Adam's hatred of reggae music? Because we play ska music, which is sort of bastardized. Uh, I guess I guess the ska came first, and then they then they I, found I've weed said and it, slowed it many down. times. The reggae is a great substrate for you to paint your masterpiece on. It's not good alone. Right. It's uh, it's sort of like Melba toast minus the cheese and the sausage. It's a nice base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It holds up things well. If you listen to early Pretenders, you hear a reggae ska kind of riff. The Clash. That, the Clash has yeah. that, and of course, you know English beat and all that stuff. It's a good jumping off point. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of great songs that by Graham Parker and John mm-hmm. Hyatt and guys like that that have. There's as a matter of fact, a lot of the great new wave stuff from the early '80s and even late '70s. Uh, and I mean, you you listen to uh, Clubland by Elvis uh, Costello and stuff has a has a yeah. has a ska reggae Jamaican. They're all Jamaican. Jamaican sort of rap to it. So I love that as a undertone for the music. I just don't like it when it comes to the full. Right. Okay. Thank you. There is, but Should I answer but there any is... other questions you have for Dickie. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Some, what was it like on that? There train is some solid Island? reggae. Live in hell, kid. Is he Live in hell. Dude, trash, are you gay? <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah no, I'm saying is, I, I, first off, if I hear that song, we're jamming. That's horrible. We're jamming in the name of the Lord. If I hear that song again, I'll throw myself off a cliff. I don't want to hear I Shot the Sheriff ever again. Mm-hmm. And my feeling is, you get an album called The Best of Reggae, and there you go. You're covered. <laughs> you're covered for your next party. That's all. There's a lot of great Jimmy Cliff. There's a lot of great Marley. There's there's really a lot of great reggae songs. All right. But I could, I could fit it on one. And if you're really cassette. stoned, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing better. <laughs> Half a bottle of wine and a large spliff, and your feet are uh, in the Caribbean and ocean, then it, and then jamming, ooh, jamming in the, name of the Lord. Yeah. All right. Should we finish off with a little Germany or Florida? Something we've been uh, threatening to do for quite. I'd some love time? to be. I love that game. All right. Let's do it. We got to set up. Which forsaken land is this fucked up story from? Let's play Germany or Florida. All right. Let's uh, let's hear it. A 52-year-old German or Floridian inmate is now facing additional charges after she stabbed her cellmate with a pencil. According to German or Floridian authorities, the inmate attacked the woman she shares a jail cell with and stabbed her with a lead pencil six times. The victim sustained minor injuries to her face and neck. The inmate has been charged with aggravated battery. She was first arrested for robbery in June. The victim says that the attack happened for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Did it happen in Germany or Florida? Mm-hmm. Well... It feels Floridian to me. On the other hand... Good good job with the word, by the Floridian. way. Floridian. Floridian, yeah. I know, that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, maybe she was writing a note to her inmate. Dear neck. <laughs> <laughs> Dear artery and neck. Um, 52-year-old gonna... year woman. Mm-hmm. Old. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, not necessarily by prison standards, though. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. If you really think about it, chicks on the outside, boozing, smoking, spending lots of time out in the sun. Yeah. The prison chick, you know, dyeing their hair, caking mm. on the makeup, doing all this, worrying. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, you can say, say what you will about prison. You don't wake up every day wondering if you're going to make rent. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? You don't have a lot of those, you know what I mean? You don't do a lot of hand-wringing in prison. I mean, it's not a great place to be, but you don't have a lot of stuff. The grocery list. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, I wonder if that UPS guy is going to make it here or not. Yeah, you don't, have the, you don't have the worries. You don't really have the exposure to the sun. You don't have all the dyes and all the makeup caked on. And you don't have the smoking. And you mandatory don't have the, exercise. Mandatory exercise. You don't have the booze. No, you got the smoking, don't you? Ah, uh, they got rid of it. I'm just saying, a lot of those chicks, they're like, you see some of those Mexican chicks in prison, they're like 60 years old, they look brand new. Right. Low mileage. <laughs> Only raped two times. <laughs> Only raped on Sundays by a little old car. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say Florida. Brian? Um, um, she was arrested in June. It's now August. Two months is kind of a long time for robbery, so it doesn't seem like an American thing. And also, we know from the Craigslist killer that they give you pens in prison in America. So uh-huh. pencil seems kind of German to me. Mm-hmm. I'm say Germany. Mm-hmm. It pencil does feel sort of German, yeah. Yeah. I know the answer, so I have to stay out of it. Uh, okay, oh. Dickie, what do you think? I'm, uh, so it's, it's, you're, you're going Germany? Yeah. That's right. Now, what kind of pencil? Gonna... Was it a number third Reich? They just, <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's a tell out. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, Dickie? I'm uh, I'm gonna go. I, I'm just feeling Florida. On Florida, this. two Floridas and yep. a Germany. Dawson, the answer. It happened in Land O Lakes, Florida. Yeah, it Uh oh, I was wrong about the aging process. <laughs> <laughs> we just saw her picture of it. Yeah, she doesn't look happy. All right, but Dickie she also and I looks German. Each have uh, one. Looks like a German man. Yeah, she does. <laughs> All right, you and Dickie won. Oh, that was That's it. the oh, game. Oh, right. oh, I didn't know. I thought we we're playing a round. I didn't know it was a round of putt-putt golf. I thought we were playing 18 holes. All right. Well, we won. Now, what's the break the goddamn tie, then? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel right. I, I, I don't want to go out even with you, Adam. Let yeah. me say this. If we're playing Germany or Florida, don't we normally, when we play it? No, a round is, a round is yeah, just usually one question. We've, usually just, do, we've done it the one. This contest yeah. is rigged. <laughs> is that, is, we got Dawson in there? Yeah, yeah. that's Dawson in there. Holy oh, God, Dawson. How you been, pal? Good. Yeah, you can barely see, see it. the reflection. Tell you a little story really quick. Dawson, Germany or Florida? Dawson, you got a story? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it happened in Florida. You heard that, right? Yeah. Okay. What happened? Uh, no, I went to, uh, I was working at X Games, uh, mm-hmm. Winter X Games, uh-huh. uh, in Aspen, like last year, and I found mm-hmm. out that the Boston's were playing a show. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, bugged everyone I could to try to get tickets to get into the show, mm-hmm. and uh, I finally got in and went straight to the front of the stage just because I wanted to see Dickie's face if he saw you, if he yeah. saw me at a show. So I went sure. right up to the front of the stage and waited till he finished the show, and I yelled, "Dickie!" And you know, when he's on stage, he's he, he's in that. It's in a front zone. man mode. Yeah. Look, it's like a fighter going into the octagon. Yeah. Totally breaks character. Totally and, breaks oh, character. Really? <laughs> Smiles, points at me, and goes, Dawson, right on. And were the other three people in the audience pissed, or did they just go along with it? I Well, they actually, I, when I turned around, then I went up to the bar to get a drink, and some guy is just looking at me like, Wow, dude, he really knows you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to go get I, a beer. I heard Paris Hilton was in that room, too. 
I didn't see her. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we, we were. I didn't say hi to her. The boss. I didn't say hi to her. It was a killer yeah. show. You oh, did I, you enjoy it? Can I yeah. go wrong? That's kind the of a rough. Does. That was. That was. Kind, it was a little bit weird, strange feeling. You know. The, Why? Ah, the, the ski coats and the you know it was, yeah. it was a room full of Dawsons. Well, <laughs> most that the and the the <laughs> other half of the room were the ESPN uptights. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. It was so, their kind of executive kind the, of the, uh, the the thing. Well, the Do- the Dawsons, the Dawsons of the world, the uh, Dawsons, the um, Dawsons bong would be a good name for like a <laughs> WB show. <laughs> um, but. Um, the Boston's, I've always said, I've seen the Boston's many times. It's it, there are certain bands where you need to know the songs, and then certain bands where it just doesn't matter. And if you know the Boston songs, it's great. If you don't, doesn't matter because they have so much energy, and they have the horn section, and so everything just moves, and everything just cooks, and everything just rocks. And whether you know every cut off every album, or this is the first time you've ever heard them, it does not matter. It does matter, and I, I'd love to. You know, it'd be an interesting thing. I would love to figure out the band where it sort of matters the most and matters the least. Like, if you're seeing The Cure, it probably matters a lot that you know that song. Yeah. And if you were seeing, I don't know why, but something like Morrissey, it would matter that you know. I know, because otherwise if I'm hearing about the girlfriend in the coma or whatever, I, I'm, I'm going out for a beer. But <laughs> if I saw Boston, if I saw, sorry, not Boston, if, if I saw Chicago play like some of their early stuff, mm-hmm. I heard, you know, uh, uh, 25 or 6 to 4, so getting stronger or something like that, I don't think I'd give a shit whether I ever heard that song or not. I'd probably yeah. be enjoying it. And again, big, big overpowering horn section. But I'm trying to think of like who the number one... Like a good, I don't care if I've heard this song, is like Blues Traveler. John Popper's right. up there, he's belting his shit out, he's going nuts on the harp. Uh, on the other hand, speaking of the harp, Bob Dylan. If he's just playing acoustic set and he's got oh, the, I don't got know the this thing one. and you don't know this one, yeah. I don't think you need to hang out for that one. Yeah. What do you think the number one, I don't care? You know, and obviously if you have some sort of like... Uh, uh, James Brown or something, where there's like 20 people on stage and the big brass section, all that. Like, who gives a fuck yeah, versus I, I need I, to know. I saw P-Funk a couple of years back, and, and I only have their best of. Right. So I know 10, 15 of their songs. But the whole show was a blast. Right. Yeah, Bring I saw... Up. Go ahead. So I saw Brian Setzer Orchestra, St. Tepper Brian Setzer. The, That's yeah, a good big, example. With the big, you know, yeah. multi-person brass. Anything they yeah. do is doesn't fun. matter what they, yeah. what they do. All great songs. Yeah. What and about, they could just do all Christmas songs. What about you, Doss Tom? I saw uh, Maceo Parker, who was uh, in James Brown's band, play with a, you know, basically play the James Brown show at a small club in Santa Cruz. Didn't know a fucking lick of his music. Really? One of the best shows I've yeah. ever been to. That's a good example of not even knowing the person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good example of being stoned and just stumbling into a club. <laughs> yeah, was a yeah, yeah. Hey, dude, I got to take a piss. I passed, this is good. Five hours later. It was I a passed drug fueled camping trip in San It was just heaven. I mean, you didn't I even know where you were, right? No, it was called yeah. Palookaville. It just sounds like a great place to be high. That's where a guy sent you in the 30s. <laughs> so you go right to Palookaville. On, on land, you'd go to Palookaville. At sea, you'd go to David Jones' locker. Those are the two places you'd go. All right. And now, your Adam Carolla Extra. All right. Some news stories we didn't get to. Thought this would make some good extra content, especially one that stands out. Mike Lynch? Yeah, so I had a story to bring up, which was from Christwire.org. Mm. Is my husband gay? 
15 signs that your husband might be gay. Hey, uh, Mike, let's stick to the news stories. I can oh. talk to you about your partner after the show. <laughs> the sign that he is gay is that we're gay together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, over- so if your husband, this is a, a woman... Mm-hmm. can find out whether her, her husband right. is gay. Yeah, these are signs that your your man might be gay. You might be married to a gay guy. Over 2 million couples secretly struggling with homosexuality, according to this. And these are 15. Yeah, there's 15. Now, we've got to be honest, Mike, because there's going to be eight of these that you're going to have to quietly nod your head to. <laughs> and I'm going to have at least six and a half. No, the, the, well, we'll get through them. Okay. Because we'll um, if, it's, if it's one of those are you an alcoholic things, I don't want to take it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, looking at it, there's probably one or two that we're both, Okay. Yeah. Uh, secretive late I'm night. just saying, I don't like eating pussy. <laughs> I never did. It's not one of these things where, all right, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> secretive late night use of cell phones and computers? Well, could be calling a girlfriend or beating off, right? Mm-hmm. Well, porn addiction is closely associated with homosexuality, and the secretive nature implies he's trying to hide something from you. Be on the lookout for a man who doesn't want to web surf or answer phone calls in your presence. But here's the thing. That's the same thing that dudes do when they're cheating. It's right. a heterosexual <laughs> move. We don't, I, I'm not sitting there on you jizz lo- <laughs> looking at uh, the milk and, and poppin' section with my trousers around my yeah. ankles and I hear my wife, the nanny, and the kids come in through the front door and I don't flinch. <laughs> well, no, I got nothing to hide. I ain't second cock. Number two is a little, little bit more straightforward, a little bit easier. Looks at other men in a flirtatious way. When you're out in public, does he spend too much time looking at other men? Is he fond of winking at people? Does he get visibly upset when someone doesn't return a compliment about his physical appearance? Ooh, well, the physical appearance part is kind of interesting. But I would argue that if a guy is closeted and gay and he's out with the old lady, he's not winking at other <laughs> dudes. Feigning attention in church or prayer groups. Oh, sure. <laughs> Does it ever seem like he's just using church as an excuse to spend time around young men? Does he volunteer to mentor in all male groups? Mm-hmm. Four, overly fastidious about his appearance and the home. Yeah. Nat- natural men have a certain amount of grit about them. They sweat and they smell. Homosexuals often abhor this sort of thing and will be incredibly in particular about the cleanliness of their home. I know this sounds like some sort of horrible like reefer madness sort of ideology, but they're exactly right on this one. (laughs) You show me a dude who's... All the gay guys in Hollywood, like, you know, producers, directors, whatever, their fucking skin winks at you. (laughs) Like, literally, like, in the cartoons when the salesman smiles, that little ding comes (laughs) off his front tooth. They're that way. Yes, it's a little less about the home and a little more about themselves. Well, that, that's the next sentence. Does your man tweeze his eyebrows? Maybe that's where the word homo comes from. Home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about that. But they do love the house, but especially them. Like, and, and especially married dudes. Married dudes are, should just be like, fuck it. I'm throwing in the, the towel. Mm-hmm. In terms of tweezing the brows and buffing the skin. Look at me. Look, you're fucking disgusting. <laughs> mess. I didn't want you on my sofa. No, I, I keep some sort of semblance of something together because I have to pop up on TV once every four mm-hmm. months. But if I didn't have to be on TV, I'd be fucking turned into, you know, Orson Welles and Marlon <laughs> Brando. It'd be, I, I would be, it'd be like Marlon Brando ate Orson Welles and then uh, <laughs> shit out Jan Michael Vincent. Was it? Did you have? Was there a man show bed, if I'm remembering correctly, where you you aren't married and you end up wiping yourself with the cat or <laughs> yes. a Viking helmet? Yes, and, cat. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, gym memberships, but no interest in sports. They like mm-hmm. to work out their bodies without the, uh, without the competition of sports play. Afterwards, they use the showers and steam rooms to engage in sexual activity beyond the prying eyes of women. It's so, again, any evolved person who especially was a little bit left to center would be sort of disgusted by all these completely true stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so bad, but yes, I agree with most of it thus far. <laughs> Clothes that are too tight and too trendy. If your husband owns skinny jeans and looks at his buttocks in the mirror, or if he wears an inordinate number of small size T-shirts, it's probably worthwhile to pay more attention to his private activities. This uh, that can easily uh, be Bonaduce, though. The, yes, that's the only problem is is with this sort of metrosexual guys that are shaving their chest and wearing the lucky jeans and wearing the stupid Ed Hardy shirts and everything. That's that's the only. A flaw in this plan. Mm-hmm. There's a whole breed of dudes that are doing this now. Well, just to move forward a little bit quicker, strange sexual demands, more interested in men than women in pornographic films. Strange sexual demands. Yeah, if there's a sudden interest in sodomy, sadomasochism, lubricants, role play, or sex toys, or other non-traditional intercourse methods, this is clearly an indication of deep emotional abnormalities. I like the role play. I'm and, like the guy. and lube? That's, that's, that's uh, just about friction. Well, mine's not my, yeah. Mine, mine's not that imaginative. I'll be the guy who's zoned out watching Sports Center. <laughs> you play the mischievous wife who's blowing him. <laughs> Travel se- Come on! <laughs> Let's have some fun. There. Travels frequently to big cities or Asia. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is there, is there, is big there, cities. <laughs> is there ever really a good excuse for a husband to visit Thailand or San Francisco without his wife? <laughs> <laughs> Too many friendly young male friends. Do they ever touch each other or embrace in long hugs? Mm-hmm. Sassy, sarcastic, and ironic around his friends. In a sense, he has let his hair down, and will be seen. And it will be seen in excessive back talk and speaking with one hand. What years is from? Look, here's the deal: if a guy is into dudes, he will watch gay erotica. He mm-hmm. will. Ke- There's no way. It's real easy. Check the history on the computer. There's no possible way, you as a psychologist knows this, if something floats your boat, and that could be dudes, black chicks, big bosoms, big ass, whatever your thing is, the computer is a magical window Mm -hmm. that will search the world for those images and find them for you. So if that's something that you're aroused by, that will be on your computer. And the thing where the dudes go, I ain't gay, but I do on occasion like to dabble, watch a little gay porn, or I just like to see a couple dudes going at it. Total and utter bullshit. Mm-hmm. Total fucking bullshit. You should be nauseated to the point where your fucking <laughs> liver comes out of your nose. You're yakking so hard when you watch gay porn if you're a straight guy. So if the guy has gay erotica on his computer, he fucking is gay. And if he doesn't, then he's not. If you really... Really want to find out? You're really suspicious. Get the guy completely liquored up, and have your best-looking friend come over there and just fucking <laughs> make a move. And if he swats his hand, he's fine. Right. That's all you need to know. All right. Well, we'll just skip to to my favorite of this, which is uh, love of pop culture. It's quite common for young men to enjoy the science fiction end of pop culture, but when your husband becomes overly obsessed with romantic and feminine shows, that is a cause for alarm. Gossip websites, Glee, and the Golden Girls are three well-documented icons of the gay movement that genuine heterosexual men avoid. 
So, seeing the premiere of Sex in the City in yeah, oh, West yeah, no, Hollywood. You're, you're done. I'm done. It's over. Thanks, mate. That was your Adam Carolla Extra. Carolla Classics is brought to you by Geico. If you own or rent your home, then of course it's hard work, but let's make it easy for you, especially during this holiday season, by checking out Geico. Because Geico bundles your homeowner or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a great thing because you've got so much going on right now. So this is what you do. You go to Geico.com, you get a quote, and see how much you could save. How easy is that? Is Geico easy? It sure is. Visit Geico.com. That's Geico.com. And that was Dickie Barrett of the Mighty Mighty Boston's back in 2010. Has a wealth of stories. So, so stoked that he came into the show. And that will do it for part one of today's episode. Stick around. Part two coming up next. <laughs> 